If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Dude, they're, they're now treating the border thing with the kids and everything else. They are, they are treating it like it's like a disaster zone. Like they have all the anchors and stuff out there now. Like all the news people are out there now. Like it's a... Uh, like, like it's a some kind of like a plane crash site or something. They're all sitting out there in their director's chairs and stuff outside the border. That's what's going on down there. That's what's happening, people. That's going on right in front of our eyes. News media is going amok. They're running crazy. From the Discovery Design Studio here, beautiful gaslight, and the hill. It's Radio Free Army. What up, Bill? Good morning. This what morning. up, Bill? What up? What you doing, Phil? Keeping it real. What you doing, Phil? How'd you get here? <laughs> Took the bus. Yeah, but they're, they're doing. They're, they're down at the border, dude. In the director's chairs. Try to tell us what's going on. Avoiding that IG report. I'm just stalling to get to the money clips of Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and a little secret that they keep dropping in on YouTube. Love it. But yeah, we had, first of all, we had Kaysen yesterday. Kaysen must have gotten a pre-briefing on what to say as a lefty to the whole border kid thing. And there's no question this all looks really bad, right? Right. Because you've got all these kids being detained and everything else. 
Never mind that this all started in 2014, and never mind that really the only reason this is happening is because we've had Democrats and Republicans basically abdicating their responsibility at the border level. This is just – and with immigration policies and beyond. This is all just, again, about the swamp and Democrats and Republicans letting us down and not doing anything about it. Suddenly, it's an emergency. Yeah. The media is driving this, too. Exactly, because they have nothing else to do. you got to do something when, when James Comey's under investigation and when Nancy Pelosi is less popular than Kim Jong-un. You see that poll? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's, oh. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> Self-identified Republicans now have a marginally more favorable view of Kim Jong-un than they do of Nancy Pelosi. So, of course, it's uh, Republicans, but still. You, you think all the Republicans would at least have a little more hate for Kim Jong-un than they do Nancy Pelosi, but they, but they don't. But, yeah, they, but Kaysen got some kind of inside briefing yesterday. Yeah, keywords cages, keyword cages. Holocaust. Right. Keyword Germ- Holocaust. Get, get Germany in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and yesterday they just, it was an orgy of Holocaust references and cage references and everything else. Man. And, and you know, I feel bad for the kids, but this is the law of the land. This is what the law is. And to try to emotionalize it and take out from it anything but a reflection on the abdication of our responsibility to protect the border, uh, a reflection of how Republicans and Democrats basically just screwed us for two decades, and how we just simply have not been able to get control of what's going on, and not only that, a reflection of how horrible these parents are. Because keep in mind that you heard the one soundbite. I, I guess I did have a guy who was being interviewed, and he said, well, you know, they're fleeing poverty and violence. You know, the, the anchors always say and violence because they're fleeing violence. This is all violence that hasn't been taken care of by Mexico's own government, which is just allowing its citizens to be slaughtered right in front of its eyes. I mean, when are people actually going to hold the Mexican government accountable? We, we, they, they, they love it when the, when the Mexican president says, you know, or former president says, F you. Here's a guy who is probably largely responsible for what's been going on, whatever his name is. I forgot his name already. You know, the guy who's, who's always bitching about the wall. He's the former president, that dude. Uh, it's Vincente or. Vincente Fox. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, who's always, you know, F you. With expletives, yeah, right. You're not going to mm-hmm. get, you're not going to, that, yeah. that guy is probably one of the worst. I imagine he's probably swimming in his cartel funded pool as we speak. I mean, these guys are, you talk about, you know, pimps of evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the images suggest those of concentration camps, <laughs> families being cut oh, that, apart. That ought to make the Jewish uh, refugees from uh, who, have, who have survived concentration camps feel better. Now, now that now that now that now that houses that have beds that look like they've been made by Marines and places that look like they've been cleaned by. Mr. Clean 
compared to concentration camps. Golly, any other reference to a, to a, in this fashion would have been met with such outrage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To suggest those of concentration camps, <laughs> families being cut apart. I know children are being marched away to showers. Oh, God. What? Children are being marched away to showers. I was wondering when the shower reference was going to come in. Like how they were going to somehow jimmy that shower reference in there. They did, though. Wow. Sometimes I'm, I surprise even myself, man. Those of concentration camps, families being cut apart. I know children are being marched away to showers. <laughs> I, dude, I just can't even. Uh, yeah, this... I can't even believe it. It's just so incredible, the world we're living in right now, which is being basically run media-wise by, I'm serious, some real lunatics. I mean, some real... These are these are some carnival barkers right here, man. Yep. You you expect every evening to be to, to be like under the big top when you're just watching the newscasts <laughs> right. everywhere, right? And welcome. Dun, 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 uh, here dun, we dun, have dun, 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 yeah. right. mm-hmm. concentration camps. Concentration camps. Families being cut apart. I know children are being marched away to showers. I know they're being marched away to showers. Uh, are there? Now, how do you think, I mean, do you think really people are sitting there listening to Morning Joe, and even if you're a left-winger, are you really buying that kind of hyperbola, that that kind of just direct, abject exaggeration where you have taken a reference to a shower, knowing that it is reference to the showers that they use in a concentration camp with gas coming out of it, and then saying that children are being marched to showers where they're actually, I guess, taking showers to clean themselves, right? Or to absolutely. But, but are they being marched to the to the? Yeah. Like, is that is that like a okay? Now it's time to march you to the showers for a shower. It's like, yeah. Being told they are just like the Nazis. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is unbelievable. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm only. I'm only 14 seconds into this thing. And and I've gotten stuff that's been, you're listening to four or five different, just absolute off the rail references to really what's going on down there. And again, you know, even Ted Cruz, unfortunately, has now chimed in. Now, keep in mind, Ted Cruz is in a Senate race and Texas and Ted Cruz is a good guy, so I'm not going to – I imagine that what he's doing here is not some diabolical, crazy, ship-jumping, I-hate-Trump move. It's, it's definitely a move geared more towards the center in a Senate race where he's got two Democrat opponents and an independent apparently floating around out there. And so Cruz – has kind of taken on this, well, you know, I need to pass a resolution that is making some amendment to the zero tolerance thing, and I get it. The people who I really can't stand, though, in this whole thing would be, you know, I mean, because truths like children belong with their mothers and fathers, which is true, and there's emergency legislation that Cruz has put together, uh, and it's all about this election coming up, but still... 
he's up for re-election. It's a border state, large Latino minorities, less than five months, uh, uh, you know, in terms of this this election. And I guess I can't fault him for kind of grandstanding here. I think it's unfortunate, but he has decided to kind of put forth um, legislation that would be, I guess, an emergency level, keeping families uh, together. And it's true. Children do belong with their mothers and fathers, which is why their mothers and fathers ought to obey the law. But the people who are really the worst part about all this are the people like the Flakes and the McCains, the ones who supported the legislation to begin with, the ones who now have decided they're no longer for it anymore because it's unpopular. Those those are the people who who really drive you nuts. But Cruz, you know, I don't know. I see a four-point plan he has here. It looks like... These are pretty reasonable things. If if the authorization of the new temporary shelters and then they can keep people together, you know, if, if this passes, he may be doing us a favor by just wiping this whole issue away yeah, instantly, from, and then they can't, you know. But they they still will, you know. They they still even even if even if their people are together in a one room, wait until you hear the story about how families are being taken to the showers, huddled together, uh, right. Uh, as long and, and and let's just hope that when they do the family rooms, they don't look like train box cars. Yeah, and no that looks like a train guys. box car. Right. Well, no, it's a room. Yeah, but it's rectangular, like a train box car. <laughs> it's like the inside of a train box car. It's like no, it's a room for all the families. Then they'll do a story about how contaminated the toys are with saliva it, it said that they were taking people oh. to showers and then they never came back <laughs> look bottom line donald trump increasing hey I'm, I'm laughing at holocaust references that's how that's how diabolically horrible these people are because they're making me laugh at shower statements and that's not because i'm laughing at the holocaust i'm laughing at how ridiculous these people are that's why I don't like the media even more is because they made me laugh at Holocaust references, which I shouldn't be doing. But they're making me do it. And I shouldn't be doing that. But I am. Look how horrible they've made me. Yep. I, that's even worse. Now I'm even more mad because you've made me a horrible person. Lee looks like Hitler in Nazi Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed at Hitler. I feel terrible. These look like D- concentration Dave, camps. it's rewarding it breaking our immigration law. And the thing that's weird is that they all sound, they the, all same. sound the same. It's like, it's like they're, they're, they're a bunch of robots like pooped out of a left-wing spaceship, mm-hmm. dropped out of the sky. And it was funny because we got like one of the first ones yesterday when Mark popped in here. He, he, he I don't know where he gets his, uh, maybe he's listening. You know he's listening. He's putting on his tie. I want to know where he gets his uh, his his tie clip. I think he's. I think those are clip-ons. Colorblind. That was a new colorblind mark. He just said colored, dude. Oh, triggered. You're gonna get fired. <laughs> oh no, no, you're not. Because nobody can fire us. Bite me. You know what I mean? 
unusual us. punishment, John. I said this yesterday, but increasingly, Donald Trump is turning this nation into Nazi Germany. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who is this? Doubled dude? down, too. Said it yesterday. I said this Saying yesterday, it. so right. I'm going to say it again. Mm hmm. Because it works. It seemingly works. This nation into Nazi. Donald Trump is turning the... I said this yesterday, but... In I said this yesterday, but why not say it again? <laughs> <laughs> I am on CNN. But I said this yesterday. But you know what he'll say then today is, I said this two days ago and then the day after that. Mm -hmm. And so today I'm going to say it again. It's, it's like not Increasingly, today. Donald Trump is turning this nation into Nazi Germany. <laughs> you just made me laugh at Nazi Germany. You are despicable. How dare you turn me into a despicable person? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're doing People are watching me being despicable. And I'm blaming these despicable people on this despicability of my mind. And turning these into constant despicableness. Despicability. That's why it's despicable. <laughs> I said this yesterday. Sounded like Daffy Duck all of a sudden. It's despicable. I love Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, remember when he was a Nazi? Yes, I do. <laughs> that was, yeah. See, you just made me laugh at Daffy Duck being a Nazi. I can't stand you people. You're making me horrible. It's only Tuesday. It's despicable. <laughs> let me find, let me, now you're making me look up Daffy Duck as a Nazi. You're one. Well, people are terrible. Next thing you know, I'm going to be looking up Charlie Chaplin as the great dictator. Oh, man. Was Daffy Duck actually Hitler? Um... <laughs> No, it was Daffy Duck actually apparently fought Hitler. I don't know. Boy, those were the days, man. Get away with everything then. Smoking on airplanes. Daffy Duck just took a hammer and hit Hitler over the head. Here's another one. This is Daffy Duck versus Adolf Hitler. I feel like I'm watching MSNBC. Produced by Leon Schleisinger in Technicolor. Looney Tunes, welcome everybody. Daffy the Commando. He's fighting the Nazis. They're like, they're like Nazi flags in this cartoon. That's a, that's a Nazi with a beak. No blank, baby. And all Mel Blank did was go, Hey, when I watch this, no wonder I was, I'd go to school depressed. Be watching this at like six in the morning. Like this was when we watched cartoons before we went to school. Yeah. You know, you, it was, it was always uh, right. School would, 
uh, first of all, the if you were early enough, and I don't, I've always been. It's amazing. As much as I like to sleep and everything else, I was up at the crack of dawn because I would not want to miss the Lone Ranger, which came on like about six, like right about six a.m. And I was up at Adam for Lone Ranger, and I think Fury was on. I love Fury. Remember Fury? I've never heard of that. Fury was about the big, big black horse. Quarter horse, Fury, and then the lone. It was the Lone Ranger, Fury. Lassie, I never got into. I never really bought into this collie running around, or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, right. Didn't make any sense Is to Timmy me. Timmy in the well. Yeah, Where's it's he like, right. It's like you look like you belong in a living room. What are you doing running around the woods rescuing children from wells? Mm-hmm. You're a dog. Mm-hmm. But Fury was another story. That's all like like imagine like being a guy who you knew the all you had to do was be a German and all you have to do was Bogens, Beacons, Bogens, Cockles, Wogens, Beacons, Cottons, Quinkles, Blankedogs. Could sound like a Nazi. That's it. It was so easy to sound like a Nazi. Schultz. So the kid running in is, is you know. Did they did they borrow that from Hogan's Heroes, or did Hogan's Heroes borrow that from this? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds what that's what it sounded like. My wife was just said uh, Flipper. Oh yeah, Flipper. Yeah. Flipper was always on when I was a kid. I, it was always on in the afternoon, though. I think. Oh. Maybe it was on in the morning. I don't know. Did did your wife grow up here? Yeah. Okay. Flipper. I've never heard of Fury. That's freaking me out. You sure that was on after the Lone Ranger? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, I must or have it might have been a school. I must have just been. Yeah. Be quiet, Phil. Be quiet. Here comes Daffy Duck. Stop talking, Phil. Stop talking about Fury and Flipper, Phil. I'm watching a cartoon. Daffy Duck is watching. These guys hit people with hammers all the time. They just carried around a hammer. Imagine life like that, where all you had to do to shut people up was take a big uh, hammer, whatever those things, what do you call those? Mallets. A mallet. Mm -hmm. Just hit people over the head. That's all they did. That's how they ended conversations back then. That was how Warner Brothers ended a conversation. And an anvil. I'd love to go through this and find out whether or not there, there, there actually was, like, this, 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 these words actually meant anything. Or was it just Mel Blanc going, It's a sign of the old well, It's a what gets is Porky in this one? No, no Porky Pig. Well, Porky Pig was in the be- was in the open, so he might okay. make an appearance. Yeah, but... yeah, anyway, enough of that. Well, let me hear. Hold on a second here. While we're on the subject, since you're challenging me on my Fury reference. Mr. Patches? Oh, the hell that was that? afternoon, man. Okay. Here. Fury. I love Fury. Facebook. Facebook's... <laughs> <laughs> and they're naming them all, Captain Kangaroo. Oh, yeah, Fury. There we go. 
Captain Kangaroo was great. That was Mr. Patches. Romper Room. Although they had that, the, the Captain Kangaroo, they had that uh, that dancing bear that didn't have a mouth. The dancing bear that had no mouth didn't have a mouth. Something wrong with that bear in it in, in Captain Kangaroo. Maybe people can tell me, but mm. there was something not right about the bear. It, like it was a bear, <laughs> but it didn't really have a face. It kind of like didn't have a mouth. I'm like, what is what is that thing jumping around? And why are ping pong balls dropping from the ceiling? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, it's some kind of rabbit or something there. Let's see, Fury, and then of course this was uh, uh, this. I, I I can't. Fury was on, dude. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I don't know when it was on. Facebook confirmed. Oh, I remember the spare. I totally remember that bear. Yeah. Hold on, let me just. I just. I want to. I just want to hear the beginning, then I'll move on to stuff that you guys care about. Okay, I promise. Mm, I actually, like this. <laughs> I need to. I need to. you did you like it when they put on drumming? Buster Brown and Red Goose Shoes. The commercials, I guess, they remember from the... The Lone Ranger. Man, was that kick-ass. Are you still there? Fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. That is some kick-ass morning TV right there. Yeah, I yeah. noticed the Lone Ranger just now. I noticed how tight-fitting his clothes were. Oh yeah, I didn't really realize uh-huh. that until now. Yeah. <laughs> Why it's the Lone? Oh, hi, Lone Ranger. How are you? <laughs> I just did something sacrilege. <laughs> but yeah, this was morning time, and and then this was this came on. Lone Ranger came on before like Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and all those other cartoons came on. But can you imagine like right before going into kindergarten or first grade, you're watching a a Daffy Duck as a as a soldier fighting Hitler? Because yeah. we were still watching. This was even in, this was the '60s, but they were still we were still watching cartoons that had. Hitler in him and stuff. Yeah, but that one is classic right there. That's one of the ones I mostly remember. That's where I learned a majority. I learned mostly about classical music was through uh, oh. all, the, all the cartoons and stuff. You want to hear more of this? Tration camps. What's happening is very American in that this is how the country was founded. This is what happened 76 years ago to uh, Japanese Americans in internment camps. Now, look. I, I, I know we're not Nazi Germany, all right? But there is a commonality there. I know it would be controversial. This is Michael Hayden, who's another pimp of evil running around on CNN. This is Hayden, the deep state guy. You know, he's the, he's the Brennan guy. And they're, they're taking any... You, you keep in mind that, for instance, Trump's approval is tying his personal high as the satisfaction among Americans with this country reaches the highest level in 12 years. It's according to a Gallup poll. So automatically, when the evil and the media and the never-Trump people discover what's going on and see what's going on, they immediately swing into action with garbage like this stuff. 
This is, I mean, it is as predictable as the sun rising that when there's some kind of good news or when people are feeling good and everything else, the media must search out and explore every little crevice for some kind of blowout, in this case regarding these kids now, which has now become a place where all the news anchors and everybody else, they're all setting up their tents and their director's chairs, and they're doing their live morning shows from the border, and it just has become, it's as if a 737 just crashed down there, and they're all down there doing it like they normally do it. I mean, it's unbelievable, and I'm not quite sure, and and what happens is, it even drags sensible people into the mire, because what they want us to do is they want us now to, you know, Ted Cruz has to come up with some resolution because he's running for the U.S. Senate, and I guess it seemingly makes sense. But then you have all these people, now you have infighting among Republicans, and so I've seen it on Facebook, and, and the usual suspect Republicans in our community and beyond are now on Facebook, you know, uh, doing the usual, yeah, but this doesn't look good for Republicans, but this doesn't look good for conservatives, but the optics here are horrible and blah, 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 blah. Never mind that this is the end result of people, for instance, they all supported over the past two decades. And this is the end result of people who aren't enforcing our borders and not obeying our laws, whether it be the people who are the parents or the people who are supposed to be enforcing our borders. And yet here we are eating each other alive over this thing. Like how many arguments have you folks gotten in out there on, in Facebook land and beyond? How many arguments have you all gotten in with your peers over this whole thing? Because, because right now it seems – to dare defend what's going on down there makes you a terrible person and makes you not care about kids and makes you just maybe even a Nazi. Like, you know, because when is the reference going to be, and I'm sure it's out there, when's the reference going to be like, uh, what are they going to say? Um, they came for us. And we said nothing, or you know. Mm-hmm. Then they came for blah, 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 and you said nothing. Then they came for you. Blah, 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 blah. That how many? When are we going to hear that? We cannot stand by and allow this abomination. It's like where the? It's it's as if does, has anybody by the way ever interviewed any of these parents? I mean, I, I noticed they're pushing cameras in the in the in the faces of of crying kids. Mm-hmm. Here, cry. And, and, and But they're never talking to the parents at all or holding anybody resp- – like there's no responsibility at all on the part of the people who are pushing their kids over here. And yet are they fleeing violence? When, when, when is anybody going to say, hey, Mexican government, why don't you grow a pair and start doing something about the cartels instead of sucking up to these guys who are causing all the violence out there? When are they going to take responsibility for these actions, man? But I felt a warning flare was Obviously, necessary. You're so so concerned about what's going on. Yeah. In our, all, all yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned, I'm really concerned. Said Michael Hayden, who hates Donald Trump. We're so concerned. We see these heartbreaking images, uh, and it's it's so so awful. And this is a policy that is inhumane, indecent, un-American, completely dictatorial. Mm. By the way, how is this un-American to defend your borders in? 
direct reflection of the constitutional duties of the federal government? And how is this on American when in 2014 they were doing the exact same thing and nobody raised a peep because it was the black dude doing it? And nobody cared about that because as long as it was the black Jesus, then why worry about it? Because nothing Obama does in any way, shape, or form could possibly be wrong in any way, shape, or form, but boom. Then you had the guy who was uh, on the border there, and this was uh, Manuel Padilla. He was uh, being interviewed by Gail King, and he said the same thing. He goes, listen, I'm here on the border where the epicenter of all this happening, and and this is really just a direct reflection of no one doing anything about this for a long, long and time. And so when we're talking about uh, zero, uh, zero tolerance uh, policy, we have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining this population of uh, family units. Oh, wait a minute. In 2014, you were detaining the population of family units. So this was now... At the time, this was a Obama thing, and I didn't see anybody raise a peep, anybody talk about it. There were people, to their credit, on the farther left who were very concerned at the time about President Obama and his deportations. So there were some people who were you know, to the left of Obama who were talking about that. But for the most part, no one said a thing. And, and in fact, now McCain and Flake and everybody else are all complaining about this policy, and they even supported it. But until Chief Padilla, set, let me stop you for they, just uh, a second. Yeah, well, I, I, of course I need to stop you for right. just a second. <laughs> right. You just mentioned 2014. That's, that's automatically the, the, the automatic brakes <laughs> kick in. He mentioned 2014 automatic break. Somebody in her ear said, "He just mentioned 2014." Stop him. About uh, zero, uh, zero tolerance uh, policy. We have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining this population of uh, family units. But until they- no, wait, 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 y'all. I mean, wasn't that obvious? He uh-oh, he went back in history. Emergency. Cuz you go back in history and suddenly it's, "Oh, there's the black dude in the White House." Mm-hmm. I love this is quintessential right here, man. And so when we're talking about uh, zero uh, zero tolerance uh, policy, we have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining this population of uh, family units. But until Chief they Padilla, set, let me stop you. I'm, sur- <laughs> I'm surprised it took Gail King that long. But, of course, she might be a 2.6er like I am in math, and it took her a while. Okay. In her mind, she goes, 2014, uh, two years ago. <gasps> ah! Obama was president! Inside Gail King's head. Either that or someone told her in her head. Oh, I was just saying, like Lawrence O'Donnell screaming in her ear. Yeah. 2014. Barack Obama was president. 
uh, zero tolerance uh, policy. We have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining this population yeah, let's of, count of it down. this smuggling really let's count fuels this down. Hang cartel on. violence on the south side. And so when we're talking about okay, here let, let's let, we're going to start. We're going to count. We're going to play a game, and we're going to count down. My my, I think it's going to go to five. But I'm pretty sure with a slower count that it might be a three, two, and a one. But let's see. Uh, zero, uh, zero tolerance uh, policy. Right after he mentions 2014, do the countdown. See, we have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining three, this population two, of uh, family units. One. So they yeah, let me stop you for just a second. <laughs> oh, God, this is easy. Sorry to use the Lord's name in vain. I just meant to say, gosh. See what evil you've made me do? Mm -hmm. And now I've just used the Lord's name in vain because I said, God, and and I've been laughing about the, uh, you know, concentration camps, everything else. Look at the media has done to me. They're winning. You're making me. Mm -hmm. Policy, we have done different efforts throughout the years. 2014, we started detaining this population of uh, family units. But until Chief they Adia, set, let me stop you for they, just uh, a second. Let me stop you. Let me, I, since I can't stop you forever, let me stop you for just a second. Fast forward to 2016, can we? <laughs> right. And to 2017, <laughs> 2018. It's unbelievable. This is people, this is so easy. Yeah. I mean, we, these guys, I mean, this is, what are we, 37 sec, uh, minutes into the show, and I basically just, sh- told you everything you need to know we've told you everything you need to know about how the media is dealing with this thing it's really crazy it's so easy and in between you were you get to reminisce about the lone ranger i mean lord what more do you want did i just use the lord's name in vain again here's lester hole asking the uh border guys if they if they feel like the bad guy evening from mccallan texas in the shadow of the u.s mexico border. what are these people doing down there by the way I mean, I, I, you know, you, you expect to see, like, smoldering wreckage behind them, but instead, wait a minute, this is just a, a thing where every news, they're, they're falling all over themselves down there. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this, is the, this is the summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. You guys always know there's always a summer blockbuster for the news media, and this is their summer blockbuster. Because they can't, they can't tolerate... Good news for the United States. This is this is a week after President Trump's meeting with Kim Jong Un. This is a day after the awesome Gallup poll showing that Americans are happiest as they've been in twelve years. This is three or four days after everything the president said about the deep state and the FBI was true. This is a this is less than a day after James Comey. Now it's it's been found out he's under investigation. So immediately they all pack their bags and head for the border. Yeah. I mean it's unbelievable, but you know it's fun in a certain way because it's so easy to kind of goof on these people. Here's 
Here's one about the kids in dog kennels. Well, Rick, he's been clear, Mika, don't you think, about what his strategy is. The president has actually been quite clear in this instance. He is using children as political pawns mm -hmm. to try to get his wall. The White House said that. He is not going to get his wall. So the children are going to continue to suffer, are going to continue to be separated from their parents, are going to continue to be kept in metal cages. I'm sorry people had problems with the terminology cage. I think that uh, the wire so that I've seen, walls the and wire. What are, should we call They're it a dog held. kennel? <laughs> yeah, let's call it a dog kennel, shall we? That sounds good. I haven't seen a metal cage. I, every time I turn around, I'm seeing a couple of bunk beds and, an, and a teddy bear and pictures on the wall. Yeah, Where's that video from? When I left here um, yesterday, <clears throat> Dinosaur Radio was saying cages and and and, and defending the word saying it is cages just so you know making it clear that it is cages because i was kind of i haven't seen i've seen the one picture with it was from 2014 actually the only one i've seen and i still haven't seen any images of children marching to showers i don't if i don't know if they're showing you images while they're saying that stuff i haven't seen really any pictures that have disturbed me have you Really? Seen pictures I, I, of... No, the, the pictures I'm seeing... Families being cut apart. I know are, children are being marched away <laughs> to showers. I mean, you know, I, I'm, uh, the video I'm seeing, it, it looks like Camp White Cloud, and it's bunk beds, beds that are that you could you could flip a quarter onto, and I see I saw a teddy bear on the on a bed, and then I saw a. Uh, TV, I think, and then I saw like pictures that were pasted to a wall that were clearly drawn by a child. But I've never seen cages or anything, so I'm trying to figure out like when they keep saying dog kennels and cages and 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 like you say, march to showers or things like that. I'm not seeing any of that now. Is it is it is the separation of families bad enough? Yes, but again, when are we? You know, like this woman claiming that the president is using kids as pawns. When are we? Get, who's really using the kids as pawns? The parents uh, who are who are clearly violating the law. And now, keep in mind, this is never going to end. This is only going to increase now that the hubbub has been going on, because now they're going to relax all of their detention orders. And on top of that, Ted Cruz now has introduced an amendment that's just going to make special houses for families. And Cruz is doing that, as, in my opinion, as a, as a mercenary last-ditch, five-month-from-election effort. But the reality is, how do you think this is going to end this, this teeming masses across the border thing? How is this going to end this? It's it's not. It's only going to increase it because now you've guaranteed pretty much that they're going to continue to do this because you have made it impossible to actually start to, to keep enforcing this, this zero tolerance thing. So the zero tolerance for the zero tolerance has is only going to create more people who now say, oh, uh, they're not going to mess with me. Hell, they'll be taking other kids with them under these circumstances. Yeah. Here's one. How is the border? I'll say, Alex, you know, we arrived yesterday afternoon. We went straight to the facility, the location. 
where kids and their parents were reunited. And all I can say after talking to the people, watching the people, listening to the people, that the Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. <laughs> wow. And again, we've been through this. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, and that, that's the hardest thing for a lot of you to refute when Bozo with the dinner table or in the next office or at the water cooler. Do people still talk at water coolers, by no, the way? No, I don't, I didn't My wife so. told me that they don't. I've never seen anybody talking in a water cooler. But maybe they still do. But let's just say as a metaphor for speaking is that's the that's the thing people use all the time. Case in but did he ever get back to me by the way? Because I'm trying to figure out where he got all of his his secret talking points uh yesterday because he was the one who laid out the left wing plan of attack on this thing yesterday, early on. His phone was blowing up while we were doing it, so he may have been on a feed just as oh, we a were feed. as we were live, like, you know, cages. Yeah. Cages. I should have had Matt go outside and see whether or not the the <laughs> ship was hovering, the mothership was hovering over the studio here, waiting to suck Mark back up into it, telegraphing. I don't mean to hit Mark while he's not here, but yeah, you do. I, all of his little Nazi Holocaust things were coming out, and then suddenly I hear nothing but Nazi references all day. He must have a plug-in. Anyway, so the the biggest thing, the hardest thing for you all to have to refute is the Statue of Liberty thing. And, and that's always what the left wing is going to try to pull on you because that will really start to make you feel bad. And you'll think, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard songs about the Statue of Liberty and, you know, this is America. Wait, what's that song? Statue of Liberty, set in the harbor. What song is that? This is America. That's Try a little harder. Ellis Island live cut. I'm not sure what that is. Who is uh, who? What band is that? Yeah. Is it country? No. Okay. Statue of Liberty. Is that a real song, bro? Yeah, 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 man. I'm just make that up. I thought. You think I just make that up? I definitely thought you were just making that up. No, dude. I, you know, I don't make <laughs> up songs. I just regurgitate them. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, I'll do it. Statue of Liberty, standing in the harbor. <laughs> Hold on a second. Dude, you're making this up. No, uh, I no, I'm not making it up, and I'm going to now proceed <laughs> to. Um, uh, harbor. This is America. <laughs> type in all the words you remember. Try a little harder. I am not crapping you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, try a little harder. <laughs> here we go. And why am I singing like this? Little River Band. Oh, Holy dude, crap. I told you. Mark, <laughs> Matt got it. <laughs> Matt's winning in there right now. I told yeah. you. Here, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let's see it. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's called, St- well, lo and behold, it's called Statue of Liberty. Little River Band. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna proceed to shame mm-hmm. Point. Phil the Jamie. Gorilla over there. Point. Jamie. Uh, right. Uh-huh. Thinking of making stuff up. I don't I, I, yeah, I'm you just do. my knowledge is about a mile wide and an inch thick. I just know a little bit enough to be dangerous, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Here, Little River Band. Now, now you're gonna have to hear it. Now you're gonna have to hear it. And you're gonna love it. Hold on. Ba, 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 ba. That must have been a deep album cut. I don't believe it was a single. No, with, you know what? It, well, with reminiscing and oh, okay. Oh, okay, she played it all the time. Uno, two, three, cuatro. Not a bad song, actually. It's actually a pretty good song. Amazing band. The uh, 
Australian Eagle. Come on, everybody, sing it. Statue of Liberty, standing in the harbor. Yeah, I told you. Man. This is America. We try a little harder. There we go. That's a pretty good song, don't you think, by musician standards? Absolutely. Oh my god, yeah. Tis America. Australians, by the way. Just a. Seventy five, what are you people complaining about? Oh, but now it's tumbling. It's nineteen seventy five. Captain and Tennille are at their heyday. What are you bitching about, little river band? Australian. There's been so many warnings too late. The old lady's falling. What? It's 1975, and they got they got an image of the Statue of Liberty with her hands over her face. Oh. Too late, it's already fallen. What are you talking about? Well, you know, at that point, I don't need to take any advice from offspring of the penal colonies. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Well, backwards to what you were saying, that, that woman said that the president has said... That he's using children as political uh, pawns. Well, and, he know. hasn't said that. He he's, has not said he, that. <laughs> right. He, he basically has talked about, well, you know, if you don't like it, put the wall in. Get behind my immigration plan. Because nobody mm-hmm. else has a plan. Right. Ain't no use anymore in trying harder. Statue of Liberty sinking in the harbor. Statue of Liberty sinking in the harbor. That was back in 1975 when nothing was going on. Right. I, 1975 was po- quite possibly one of the most boring, uneventful years ever. Yeah. I mean, we were all, I don't know about you, but I was 12 and just like, you know, yeah. sucking on now and laters and watching Lost in Space. Nothing was going on. Yeah. So anyway, but okay, so to my point about the Statue of Liberty. So the 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 people who are within your sphere and even some conservatives might even bring it up and talk about the Statue of Liberty and what it says on the Statue of Liberty. But you must automatically resist trying, being pulled into that discussion because our Constitution, our laws, our border security, our immigration policy is not based on the inscription on the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty was gifted to us by the French. Uh, it was just, a, you know, you guys know the history of it. 
But the fact of the matter is, I've heard reporter after reporter, person after person, talking about how the Statue of Liberty is somehow how we operate, and it's it's not how we operate. And 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 you and you can only notice that because of because of Ellis Island is a perfect example of that, you know. And I guarantee you, if if there were in Ellis Island now, these same goofballs in the media would have their director's chairs and their tents set up out there talking about processing. <gasps> People are being yep. processed and they're being ordered to show their papers yep. and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, this was in the 20s and late 1800s. And so, therefore, it was before Nazi Germany. So they couldn't make like a Nazi Germany reference, although something tells me they'd manage it. But still, you know, they they – it was a situation where where people were being processed, and Ellis Island was. I mean, there were people who, if they came over here and they had a cold, they were sent back. I mean, it, it was it was pretty. Yeah. If if you didn't look fit to be here, you were told you couldn't be here anymore. It was a pretty harsh environment. They were renaming people. You know, some guy named Schmitzkrieg was like Smith. Yeah, You're, this is your new name here. It's like wow, that would have been treated like it was some kind of uh, horrible event in uh, history. Uh, believe me, it wasn't pretty at Ellis Island. I mean, it was it was a beautiful scene because there were people coming through and becoming Americans and 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 checking in, so to speak. But but it was not a pretty sight by any stretch. But that's the Statue of Liberty is it, when when it came time to bring your tired home. That those were. That was an emblem of our openness and generosity. It was never intended to be a license to break our laws or or attack yeah. our sovereignty. I mean, it's it's really that simple. And so when reporters use the Statue of Liberty, they're totally bypassing the Constitution, right. which has enumerated powers of the federal government, and one of them is just to defend the borders. It's pretty clear. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah. But then if you cited that... They'd be like, oh, that, that's not – no, you should just look at the Statue of Liberty. It's like, no, not really. Our founding fathers didn't fight hard to build the Statue of Liberty. They fought hard to build a constitution, not the Statue of Liberty. Although I love it. I'm not trying to attack the Statue of Liberty. But you'd think I would be because based on what the media's made me do um, – yeah, there were, I've I've had to laugh at the at Holocaust references, Nazi Germany, and even showers, yeah. and now they're making me debunk the Statue of Liberty. That's that they've turned me into officially a horrible person, and I shouldn't have to debunk the Statue of Liberty because I'm not trying to. I'm just trying. Now I have to like now I have to. I'm in a position of having to set people straight about the Statue of Liberty. It makes me feel horrible, terrible. You know what this calls for? Oh, I know. You know what it calls for, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. stripes and bright stars through the pain 
as we were marveling. And welcome, by the way, to the Discovery Design Studios here, Radio Free Almond. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I'm about to regale you with a bunch of stuff, including a little sneaky little thing the gun guys are doing on YouTube, which I love. Just doubling back on that discussion about 1975 and still marveling at how the little river band could possibly have found something to gripe about in 1975 with a picture of this of this of the Statue of Liberty sinking in the harbor in 1975 when pretty much nothing was going on I think you I mean we were still you know watching cartoons and the banana splits and you know, all that other horror. The Partridge family was on. Lost in Space was rocking. Mr. Smith. I love it. There's something weird about that guy, but I always liked him and his robot. But Matt came in and said, yeah, it was also the year, like, the horrible car. And as I recall, yeah, my mom had, well, this was 1974, but it was still qualifies, I think. The 1974 Granada. Oh. The Ford Granada. Oh. Mm. And it had the... Uh, <laughs> that had She had this red leather interior, um, or whatever that material was. Mer- yeah. It was made out of something. Mm-hmm. Something that was probably cancerous. I don't know, but back in those days, we didn't care. Because she not only smoked in the car, but he also had the... Uh, whatever that was that... that, uh, that Oh, it's well. We called it back in the day pleather. That's what I was going to say, right? So anyway, it had a red interior. It was actually kind of a for the for the time. It was a pretty cool car. But it was this boxy, weird. You 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 you'd imagine it having like lamps hanging in it. You know, it was that kind of car. But it was a silver Granada, and 1974. So I was, uh, I was uh, in before I was 11. So you know. Yeah. 73 before 11 so 5 was 12 and so one day because you know, I when I was a kid I drove everywhere with my dad so I kind of learned kind of kind of knew how to drive so I uh, I decided I was going to I don't know where she was but she wasn't home but her car was there and uh, I'll be darned if I didn't take that car out for a spin at 12 yeah I drove it. I was couldn't. I, I, there's. I. I, I when I recalling like the feelings I had. Other than when I first saw Catwoman, mm. and Batman, mm-hmm. that was in that was a very exhilarating feeling. Driving a car. Yeah. At twelve. Were you smoking? No. Okay. No, I hadn't quite reached that level yet. Mm-hmm. That's thirteen coming up. Yeah, kind of right. around there. Mm-hmm. That's when you started stealing the stealing the cigs. Oh, the butts! Uh, we had a Pinto. Top that. Well, I could only top that if I rammed into it with my uh, truck into the rear of it, causing it to explode. Then it would light on fire. Mm-hmm. But I drove. I was driving this thing around. I really just drove around the block. I don't know what I was thinking, but I drove up the driveway. There's my brother standing in the on the porch, busted, and he told on me, of course. Oh, dude. Oh yeah, I know. That's what brothers did when they weren't kicking my ass. And the punishment? I can't remember. Mm. My mom was probably, she probably kind of (laughs) laughed. 
Since they didn't destroy the car. Right, you didn't wreck it or get a yeah. top or something. She probably kind of laughed a little bit. My mom was kind of like that. But, yeah, no, I took that baby out, and it was, I was driving, was, I was a good, I mean, I was a good driver and everything, but my brother, yeah, told on me. And laughed, probably. Yeah. Well, they didn't like it that I was, I don't know, he didn't. I, you know, those brothers, you know. I mean, I love my brothers, but they were, he, it was brutal to go through a young age with these guys. Yeah. Because, I mean, in order for me to, I had to, I had to have um, my, uh, I had, you, you had to pay the price if you wanted to actually play with them. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, if you played cork ball with them, you'd have to tolerate a tennis ball flying right into your temple. In order to pass, and if you could survive that, that's the right you could of keep playing, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And then, if I wanted to play hockey with them, when we used to play hockey, like ice hockey, so we'd play ice hockey. My mom would drop us off. I've told the story before. I don't want to be too boring, but told us, we'd, my mom would drop us off at the um, at Forest Park. Uh, and I don't know. I, I'm told the the lakes there still freeze, but back in those days, they froze, and we'd we'd be dropped off. Early in the morning, well, I mean, around 10, and then we wouldn't be picked up until 4 in the afternoon. We'd be out there. And, wow. And, uh, but, but I, in order for me to, to go along with them, as they all played hockey, uh, I had to be the goalie. <laughs> so that was, back, that was back when, you know, so, so you had to. Uh, wow, man. <laughs> so they, so I, would, I would wear a catcher's breastplate. Right, the catcher's mm-hmm. breastplate, and then I wear a catcher's mask, mm-hmm. uh, and no helmet or anything like that. And then the the shin guards would be uh, would be carpet remnants that they yeah. would that, that they would duct tape electrical tape to my the, my leg. So I had like these these folded up carpet remnants that would be taped to my shins, and then they would just blast away. Right. All day long, and I never got hurt. But they just, but because I was helmet, I was pretty well protected. But they basically just took that and then took their uh, their corn filled plastic orange pucks that we'd get. What you'd get, you'd get the pucks, and you'd um, and you'd fill them with the, the plastic cups, cut the pucks, and you'd fill them with corn, and then you'd roll tape, duct tape over them. They made really awesome pucks. Because the, the usually like a normal puck would be too hard. But, That's what but, I was the, but the plastic yeah. cups. Cup, okay, I get it. Yeah, those would be the pucks would be better. They and they, they but they'd be pretty lethal with the corn in them though. I'll tell you that. Just put a little slit in the in the th- the mm-hmm. top and fill it with corn. Tape it up. That was pretty. It's, it's and I felt like that was that was it felt harder than a regular puck. You know what I mean. You smoke, right? A little bit. So, uh, why did we think that if we took a couple cigarettes out of the pack of our parents that they wouldn't notice? Like, would you would you notice if 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 I if if somebody slipped out a couple cigs from your pack? Would you notice that? No way. Oh, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why did you grab a few? No. Okay. I'm just wondering for other on behalf of other people who did it. Yeah. I knew people who did. Yeah. I also knew people who would, uh, later on, who would drink, but they would fill the bottle with water. Now that we definitely did. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't know. My parents didn't really drink, so we had a bar in our basement, but we took a little bit of what is that Seagram's stuff, yeah. and we would put the water, the water back in, in there. Yeah, and nobody ever said anything. But we definitely did that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I like I noticed that. You would yeah, probably by the taste. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> say it'd be like, um, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I believe that you would notice. Yeah, right. We should do a taste test. This is what, it's kind of why you know that we, like you know that they do that at bars. They don't do that at Gaslight though, right? No, man? we weren't implying anything like that. But they do. Uh, you know they you have other to know bars they do that at bars probably do where they water the mm-hmm. liquor. Do they water the liquor at other bars, Matt? Based on your knowledge, I think they do. You'd never know. I certainly would never know. <clears throat> like you're 50 bucks into your right. chin and clubs. You're like, I don't even have a buzz. What's going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Near beer. Now you know. Mm-hmm. You, know what, mm-hmm. you know what's going on there. I love this, by the way. Oh, let me, let me, let me get to you. Do you love Florence and the Machine, I do. by the way? I do. I'm discovering her. I'm a Kate Bush fan, so yeah. I go way back. But, Man, uh, that's way back, dude. Yeah. yeah. Kate Bush. Um, Hounds of Love. Oh, my God. Before that. Even before Hounds of Love? Oh, The Haunting. Back when she was, you know, hanging out with Dave Gilmore and all that stuff, when she was real cool, the very first album, second album. Is Kate Bush one of those um, one of those people who uh, she was young and then, and then she got older and actually is better looking older? Yes. Is that what she's, she's she one of those ladies? I agree with you there, yeah. Yeah, she's one of the only artists that's uh, really stayed in in the UK, even though the taxes, you know how all the all the UK musicians split. Yeah, on the taxes, she stayed, and I think that's pretty cool. She's always stayed there. It's like it's like um, like Joan Baez is kind of like I'm like wow she she's not half bad looking for her for her age. There you go, right there. Yeah, man. Oh my god. Get a big hair going. Yes. 1985. Now that was a year. I bet you. I bet you people like Florence and the Machine listen to her. Yeah, Tori Amos kind of took that crew too with a little bit. I thought Tori Amos was kind of the Kate Bush ripoff, but somebody just told me that the uh, RFA app isn't working. Is that true? Should be working. Michael Proctor over there, Proctor Drapery. He looks fine in here, but I mean, as far as that, he seems to be working well. Michael, take my shoes I'll get to something here real quick because I want to get to the. Um, they announced uh, this morning, Blue Fest. And um, Robert Plant is the one who was kicking it off. And but another great band there. And by the way, the Bernie Sisters are going to be there, huh? We played them for you before, but they got these guys who are just like you know, one of the best bands ever.
I saw them in concert. It took Aiden to go see him. Modest mouse. I have a told you, have a told you. I have a told you, have a told you. You could really get it all. You could really get it all. You know what? The guy never talks. The lead singer, what's right. his name? Between between songs, he never says anything. He doesn't say anything. And all they do is they just power through their sets, and they're like technicians. They're, I'm sure he might talk a little bit, maybe, but when I saw him, these guys would just, just one after another, just sit there and jam. They took they they're very serious about their music, man. I never understand a word that they're... I never understand any of their songs. Yeah, I know what you mean. They're tough. Great lyricist. Um, like, this one, they, they have... Um, like, everybody's trying to dissect Third Planet all the time. And they think it's, like, about an unborn baby or something. I don't know, but it's a great song. I think there's a cuss word in here. Watch out. It's a great song. Third Planet, people. Modest Mouse. Everything that keeps me together is falling apart. I got this thing that I consider my only heart of mm. That kind of thing. My boss just quit the job. Says he's going out to find blind spots and he'll do it. Yeah. Well, Lou Fest is an officially a success with that lineup. I can tell you that. Modest Mouse is going to draw. Gigantic. understand a little bit about it. Everything. This one's going to be Lampshades on Fire. That's a good singer, too. I don't know how... I was, I was listening to them, I'm like, how do they remember all these words? Like, it's really easy to really remember, like, Red Solo Cup. This one? One more, and then we're good going on. I have some other stuff I don't tell you about, but this is a good one. This is one of the early ones. Well, not too early. A lot of you guys are like thinking, oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Well, this is them. It's kind of one of those songs. So anyway, they're coming to Loot Fest. We'll have more on that later on for you. Little modest mouse. Huge draw. Big time. Oh, man. Robert Plant and that. It's, it's a game over right there. That's, that's good stuff. And uh, 
Gary Clark Jr. Very cool, too. We'll be excited about that. Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, Matt was just texting me saying he was excited about that. There are some people down there at the bottom of the list that are pretty cool. Peter Williams trio, and there's just there's pretty cool stuff. I, I was actually kind of shocked by the lineup. It's a really good lineup. <laughs> Last year's Lou Fest was awesome, was it? Yeah. You always go to those? Pretty much? Uh, not always. Yeah. I went last year, though. Yeah. It's good. You know what I really love about, um, I don't know what what YouTube is doing, what these guys are doing, but I got to turn this off so I can play it for you. So the last week, you might remember, was it last week? Yeah, I guess it was last week. It was last week. I can't remember. But so I'm, I'm, I'm playing the Nancy Pelosi uh, prayer breakfast call to action fighting this border policy thing. And so I click on the video of, of Nancy Pelosi on YouTube, and it's a video that's tagged. It's basically, a, a, I saw it on Breitbart, and it was her. And, and, and it's not, and I've already been through the content of it, but Nancy Pelosi basically, in like in the first five seconds of her speech to them, basically in talking about how important it was to obey Jesus and 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 uh, and this is at a prayer breakfast. The first five seconds, she broke one of the Ten Commandments: "Thou shalt not lie." But anyway, so I pu- I push the uh, normally ads, you know, that come beforehand, or you skip them or do whatever. But I push the Nancy Pelosi ad, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Nancy Pelosi video. <laughs> and it's an ad for Frontier Ammo. These guys are out there, three of them with their semi-automatics, and they're just loading their semi-automatics with these bullets and, and, and blasting into these uh, targets uh, that are on a hill. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. And the guy's like laughing. It's hysterical. But that was right right before Nancy Pelosi's prayer breakfast speech. <laughs> Frontier cartridge. And the census end to DACA and the elimination. <laughs> so then today, I uh, click on, there's a similar one. This is again on Breitbart. So I don't know whether it's a Breitbart thing. It seems like it might be a YouTube thing. So here's Hillary, and she's, 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 uh, babbling on about separating families and contrary to religious values. Suddenly, Democrats suddenly really are so familiar with the teachings of Jesus when it comes to this stuff. Like, you, you'd think they were biblical scholars all of a sudden. Jesus once said, it's like, what do you, you have no idea what Jesus once said. You wouldn't know what Jesus once said if he creeped up behind you and screamed it in your ear while you're just walking along the street. <laughs> This way, I click on her little thing. <laughs> Frontier ammo. We're just out here shooting crap at dawn as the sun is rising. <laughs> Loaded with Hornaday bullets. <laughs> Moments ago, 
Before that, there was even that. When it comes to conflict, when women are at the peace There's table, another really nice mic job that's going on there in, uh, in a Hillary Clinton speech. Countries right? are more likely to reach peace agreements. Have you guys ever heard of a malt box or anything of that sort and before? You think this was like taped on a on a on a cell phone or something? But no, all these ads now of all these gun grabbing crazies, uh, are, 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 all those all these tapes of them are preceded by hilarious commercials for bullets and guns. And actually, the Hillary one has kind of changed over a little bit because there was a different. And in fact, I bet you if I I'm going to see if I if I can just re rack it and see if there's another gun. No. Well, there was before there was actually another gun commercial. It was for something else. But yeah, it's great how they infuse these gun gun ads right before they do that. Do you know there is a mass shooting that nobody is marching against? Have you guys heard about this one? Mass shooting? No. Oh. Well, it's because it involves blacks, so nobody cares. If this were a mass shooting at a white suburban high school, it would be all over the news and you'd be able to you'd be able to wrench away the media from their grip on the story at the border to maybe covering this one. But um this was in New Jersey and it was in the pre dawn hours yesterday. No, you didn't hear about this? I seriously did not. I didn't, I didn't either. Mm-mm. I heard something a little bit about it, but I didn't hear about it uh, really in the news or anything. So it was at a place called Art All Night, in, All, Art All Night Trenton in New Jersey. And a couple of the cable news outlets did talk about it in their coverage yesterday. And the New York Times actually covered it on a seventeen, okay, on page seventeen of the New York Times, this article of a about a mass shooting was on A seventeen. Even though, even though the mass shooting, if you're in the New York Times, took place probably less than sixty miles away from where I don't know how far Trenton is from New York City, but it's in that it's in that general area, and then. The AP kind of talked about it, but but uh, according to my folks over at Hot Air, they didn't really do much with it. So one dead and 22 injured, including a 13-year-old boy. Now, keep in mind, you're going, yeah, but there weren't many people dead, so why would they make a big deal of it? Well, when you saw the compilation of school shootings... Remember that every little shooting, there was one where a guy like, there was an errant bullet that wound up in the side of a school. That was called a school shooting. Mm-hmm. Just, just so you know. So, so it's not like, okay, uh, but this still is a mass shooting. This is, this is 22 people injured. And four of them, including a 13-year-old boy, were critically injured but wound up being stable. This was about... 2 in the morning and 2.30 in the morning on Sunday. Yep. Thousand more people attending it. And you're trying to figure out, well, why, why, isn't, why isn't this getting much attention? Well, you can, 
you can actually probably take an educated guess uh, because you can base it on what you what constitutes concern among the anti-gun community anyway, and it doesn't ever involve black people. And it really, you know, and again, in order to get actually any kind of attention in this country, if you die, you have to be white and you have to die in a group. Then it becomes the emergency of the century. But if you're maybe a black and maybe you're two or three blacks and you die on a street corner in, in uh, south side of Chicago on Raven, Ren Avenue there, Good luck getting any kind of care or coverage or concern. But if you're the right kind of people, you'll get attention. So everyone involved in the shooting, with the exception of maybe a couple who happened to be maybe Hispanic or of mixed race, were black. And some of them were even, you know, uh, members of rival gangs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of them, was a 33-year-old guy, been out of prison on parole for four months. Uh, So there were gangs involved, there were blacks, blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless, why is this any different, though, for for people? Uh, Why is this any different of of a situation than any other shooting? Now, I guarantee you, this took place at, oh, a Jason Aldean concert. It would have gotten coverage. Right. Yeah, this coverage that I'm looking at, it's it's even it's I, I, I can't believe I didn't hear about this. It's really kind of amazing that I didn't 22 know. people. Yeah, this was a big, big deal shot. I mean, happened. these are people who were shot. Uh huh. Yeah. Now, then you look at the situation where like if this were if this were at the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania County Fair. It would be. A debacle. Yeah, they'd have to pack up their bags from the border and all head up there and <clears throat> camp out uh, the for coverage on this, which is what they would do. This would have been a really big deal if it had been a different, slightly different situation. Twenty-two people. You know what else is being is 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 not being paid attention to to the degree I think it should. Man, downtown St. Louis. I mean, is anybody starting to get the picture here? And and I've always been a big supporter of downtown St. Louis. I feel safe down there. And it's not just because I'm armed. I feel, (laughs) I I generally feel safe down there. Uh, Because, you know, when I take the kids uh, to a ball game, take Metrolink down there and do all that kind of stuff, I feel completely fine. Uh, and, And I don't normally go down there. I might go down to the downtown MAC or something like that, but I never really don't wander around and, and go to the uh, bars down there or anything. But it's dangerous down there, and, and it's dangerous even in broad daylight. And this story didn't get a whole lot of attention. I hope the guy's okay. I haven't seen an update on him. But there's a guy who's the owner of the uh, Gus, Gus Fun Bus, Party Bus, so there's this, there's this uh, carjacking downtown. I mean, this is broad daylight. This is broad daylight on Saturday in downtown St. Louis where uh, a guy from Maplewood, 
used pepper spray, grabbed a pickup truck from two women, carjacked the two women downtown, and then hit two people with the truck. And this guy was basically, I, I, the, the last time we checked, uh, in uh, is an ICU, I mean, intensive care. I mean, he was run over by a, a truck down there. And this is on this is on uh, on Saturday, you know the pictures of this guy. You know he's wearing his St. Louis Cardinals jersey, and you know he's a happy-go-lucky dude. I hope he's okay. But they were at the Taste of Downtown St. Louis. It's like, oh wow, how horrible is that of a of a of an optic for Downtown St. Louis? Then you had there was a sh- remember that shooting at Ballpark Village. Yes, I do definitely remember that. They covered that a little bit. Then you had last night, this happened. You had a, um, you had a shots fired after an event honoring a murder victim, and then someone's killed at an event honoring a murder victim. So this is the story. So this guy's sitting in his truck. Whoops, hold on a second here. I don't know how the, this thing just whipped out of me here. Oh, I got to answer a, a survey before I get to read about people's murders. Let's see. Okay, I'll just hit that star there. Good, thanks. I just gave a four star to something I didn't even know what it was. <clears throat> I just had, I gave a thumbs up to whatever it was the Post-Dispatch wanted me to rate. Children marching to showers. Probably, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Solo Granderson, I'm just reading from the article here, was sitting in his truck late Sunday after a fundraiser held in his slain son's memory when shots rang out. A few minutes before midnight on Father's Day uh, and heard the shots in the parking lot. Uh, they just commemorated his birthday by raising money for a youth mentoring nonprofit he founded before his murder. Uh, and... Uh, this was for the DeSmet High School assistant football coach. Remember, is Jazz Granderson, and he's a former player in Kirkwood High School, and was 27, shot to death right there on the streets of St. Louis. And then, after this shooting, it turns out another guy, 77th homicide victim in the city this year so far. After after a memorial for a guy who was uh, who was. Who was shot? That's unbelievable. Uh, and, 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 and a few minutes before midnight, that, there we got a call for a shooting at thirty thirty seven Olive. When we arrived, we learned that there was one male deceased, and there were two other males that had been shot. One had been shot in the leg. One had been shot in the stomach. Stop suffering with hot AC. This commercial with the puppy in it is playing over the investigation continued, yeah. we learned that there was at least one vehicle, dark colored vehicle. Um, at least two black males inside of that vehicle. Yeah. So that's what you got. And, and, and you know, I, I hate to, to talk down St. Louis, but at some point, when are people going to realize that these kinds of things? And these people aren't – what I'm getting at with the guns and with all these people who, who somehow have these movements and these things and these that, and they want to actually go after you all and, 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 and limit your access to guns – Never seemingly pay attention to any of this kind of stuff where the pathologies surrounding whatever was happening on that street, probably the access to a gun is number five on the list. And yet 
nobody seems to pay attention to this stuff. And, and, I, and I honestly believe that if, if, in this case, unfortunately, now you don't have to be white or black, you're just ignored, period, uh, when, when you are ran over or done whatever on the, on the streets of St. Louis. So uh, it's, just, it's, it, it's amazing to me that more attention isn't paid to the everyday carnage we're seeing on the streets. I don't mean to be depressing about it, but you, you wonder whether why, why isn't anybody you know, piping up about this stuff? But, but boy, I'll tell you what, if you're white and you're in a high school and you get, and you, and you get uh, oh, look, I made, the, I made uh, Insider Radio. <laughs> what? Made the news. Oh. Is that good? Oh, yeah, it's good news. Okay. Stacey um, Newman is not tweeting about any of the uh, shots fired downtown or the truck driver or anything. I'm, not, I'm just looking at her. just wondering what Stacey Newman was talking about. It's not, it's not how unsafe. Well, she wasn't is. even there when David Hogg was there. You, right. I mean, look at this, though. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is, uh, you know, we're in this legal tangle with Entercom, you know, and Emmis and 97.1. And so Entercom and these, these guys and their East Coast lawyers, and they have, they have a couple here in town who are, I wouldn't say we're doing a really good job for them. But anyway, so Brad Hildebrand, remember Brad Hildebrand? Yeah, I do. Over at KSHE, used to be at KC. Uh, that's, yeah, I remember that name. Good guy. A good picture of me right there, Phil, don't you think? A bad picture of me, right? That's awesome. I don't look like the, normally when they were doing stories about me, like in yeah. the paper, they pick out some picture of me. The worst awful, they can find, you know? right. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, in legal tangle with Entercom, Allman demands jury trial. I did. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I didn't feel the need to tell you all. Maybe I should keep you guys more updated. I'm excited so you, by that news. You don't have to, so you don't have to read it in the, in, the, uh, in the paper. Now, when you demand one, you get it, right? It's not like there's a... Yeah, they can't. Say oh no, no, we want a, we want a jury on that's this a, one. That's awesome news. I'm excited about that. Following a petition from Entercom that a breach of contract lawsuit be dismissed, that was filed by Jamie Allman, who was fired from the station's talk live ninety seven one. I don't know, but these guys are not the best writers in the world. Apparently, the conservative talk show has a week later requested both an extension of time in which the plaintiff must respond to defendant's motion to dismiss, as well as a jury trial. Intercom filed its motion on June 8th with Allman's multiple documents filed with the U.S. District Court in the Eastern District of Missouri on June 15th, the date he was told to respond to Intercom's dismissal. I don't understand that. that. Um, yeah, that was a weird sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The radio group fired the talker after he attacked Shooting survivor turned activist David Hogg on Twitter. I actually didn't. I actually, that's, that's not accurate. I didn't attack David Hogg on Twitter. <clears throat> I don't consider him a shooting survivor, but I'm probably, <clears throat> I don't consider him a shooting survivor. But I didn't, I but, didn't attack no, David Hogg not. on Twitter. Of course not. Of course not. I know that. No. What, what is it with these people who can't get that's, yeah. their crap straight? That's more of the same. And this, right is, this, is, this is the... Attack. This is inside radio. Yeah. 
Yeah, they said after shooting survivor turned activist David Hogg on uh, attack. I didn't attack him. That's that's the whole point. Kind of is. Intercom said Allman's contract was void after he com- committed an act which brings station into public disrepute, dis, uh, disrepute, scandal, contempt, or ridicule. You mean by, by Stacey Newman and her dumb little stepson, little monkey stepson, mm-hmm. and, and, and all of her other left-wing trolls? Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't know, what, what, what brings a station more into disrepute, disrepute when you have... Three questionable exits on the part of advertisers. One didn't want to leave. The other paid me in gift certificates. And another wanted to come back days after announcing they were leaving. So those are the three. So what is more in disrepute when you have three questionable definitions of leaving because of something... Or when you fire somebody, you you haven't made budget since you since since he's left because you lost countless advertisers because he left. So it sounds to me like Entercom and ninety seven one firing me actually put them in more disrepute than my t- tweet ever did. Oh, there's no question about that, Jamie. There's no question about that. When you've got 360 IRA, Arrowhead, Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, Naputi Wellness, and you had you had a drawback on uh, Michael's Flooring Outlet, you had a drawback on on uh, on uh, Proctor Drapery. You the station has been forced to discount. I know one advertiser, they cut the price of advertising in half. They cut the price of advertising in half to keep these guys there. And, 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 and they're giving away, which is, which is, which is really, I mean, this is, this is like the bottom barrel. They're giving away money to listen to the show now. Like, okay. like, listen to the and with a thousand dollars, it's like you're paying people to listen to you now. So what? So, so let me ask you, ninety-seven one and Intercom, what put you in more disrepute? My tweet or you firing me, idiots? Are you gonna cuss? No. Okay. But, 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 it, this is ridiculous. The Post Dispatch said. Well, I, I didn't mean to get into this I, I, cause, because I told you at the start of this that uh, Radio Free Almond wasn't going to be all about my court case. But now that it was brought up and it's in an article now making the rounds and might even make the Post-Dispatch now that I demanded a jury trial, the least I could ask for is some degree of uh, some degree of, of accuracy. Honesty. Mm-hmm. Accuracy, right. Mm-hmm. And of course, this inside radio group—they're really up the ass of Intercom. Who anyway, are they? I've never heard of they're them. They're just—they're just a group. They're basically a regurgitation of of the corporatists in in radio and media. They're okay. not—they're not going to remotely take the side of of talent or anybody else. Okay. Plus, David Field—he you know—he the, 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 running the business his daddy gave him, mm-hmm. 
has radio stations all over the place, and Inside Radio needs access. You know why? Because they're called Inside Radio. So if you, if you don't attach your lips to the intercom CEO, it's not going to be Inside Radio anymore. It's going to be kind of Outside Radio. So anyway, uh, active dis- scandal, contempt, or ridicule. Who's ridiculing you now? when you're giving away $1,000 to listen to your station. Just to beg people, when you're, when you're cutting your advertising rates in half to keep people, you're giving bargain basement <laughs> ad rates right now. You haven't met a budget since I left. So, so what damaged the 97 one more? My tweet or are you firing me? That, I mean, that, that's, that's, been, that's been the problem. Let's see what else. Uh, uh, it says, um, <laughs> uh, this, this scandal, contempt, or ridicule, or which disparaged or reflected adversely upon station or any of its advertisers, sponsors, or affiliated group members. That's, that's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel to refute that. I just did. What, who, who actually brought adversity onto its advertisers more? Me with my tweet or Entercom with its firing when it, it actually didn't have the authority to fire me. I was under contract with Emmis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, there was, there was a reason why Entercom wanted to hurry up and have me resign and throw my station, my show my viewers, my listeners, and my advertisers under the bus so quickly because they knew they couldn't do it themselves. And so they had to phony up documents and do all this kind of stuff and try to trick me into believing they had authority. And they actually did trick me, but they didn't trick me into, first of all, uh, lying for money and they didn't trick me into telling you a lie, which they wanted me to tell you, was what, what, and that is that we mutually agreed to part, right. which is a lie. And they wanted me to lie. Everything would have been great, fine, if you just would have lied. Uh, you, they didn't trick you into not taking copious screenshots of all of the BS that was going down and, 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 you know, and line up a timeline of how it all went down. Inside Radio has a Twitter account, y'all, at, uh, at Inside Radio. And uh, I got a friend on Twitter. Probably take a look at them later. See what's up with that. Maybe respond to that. They got quite a few followers too. So if anybody's on Twitter, like you know some of the people I know, maybe say hi to those guys. When just let them know we're reading their uh, pablum this morning, because that's a, that article you just some of those lines you just read. You know, that's not acceptable. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do with that. Uh, besides to notify us of update us all on your on your on your sitch, but they, they, they sound sort of slanted on that. Some of that sounds uh, well. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're, they're just they're just regurgitating what Entercom said. Yeah. This is corporate. This is corporate. Yeah, they're they're just a bunch of whores for There's no question corporate radio. Right. That's what that's what inside radio is. Yeah. That's how you become inside radio. Yeah, you put it by sticking your lips under the asses of <laughs> corporate executives. 
So Intercom just basically is is feeding these these goofballs like baby birds. Mm-hmm. Here, take another worm. Intercom writes that the tweet led to widespread public expressions of vitriol towards plaintiff and the radio station that employed him and the actual threatened the actual threatened and potential withdrawal of advertiser support has 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 inside radio checked with me because the most withdrawal of advertiser support of 971 came after they fired me that is a matter of fact that is a matter of fact and and so the inside radio thing and i'm just re- i even read this in, until Brad sent it to me um and and but but these guys are just uh, basic mouthpieces for that's uh, what it feels like for the intercom guys. That's exactly what their Twitter, they're, everything they, they, that this is it's so corporate. This is just it, yeah. I don't know who these people are, but I'm um, I'm curious. Well, they, they they instead of inside radio, it should be up the ass all radio, up, all up in radio, all up in the ass yeah, of radio right. executives. The most trusted news in radio. Yeah, right. Is their moniker? Is there, so. Yeah. But at least they said they, the headline was I demand a jury trial, which we have yeah. Yeah, nice in pick. federal court. Nice pick. Nice pick. Thank you. Good picture. Because yeah. anybody, anybody with their with with any kind of uh, right mind knows what the truth is, and 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 the and the fact is, uh, you have you people. And again, darn it. I hate to obsess over. Are people complaining about me complaining about no. this on Facebook? No, people are just saying they haven't listened since you left that station. <laughs> They've only listened to you here. Well, here's the thing. Here's the deal. Uh, I, I'm, I'm becoming very frustrated with the and, – and again, this is why you should never you, – if you ever become a subject of media reporting, you'll realize just how hackerific the media is when it comes to getting things right and getting stories correct. Or, or if you're one of those people who thinks that when you read something from – inside radio you're getting anything but a regurgitation or news release from a from a from a executive office someplace but it's starting to really piss me off that the media is complicit in the lies being told by this radio station and 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 some of the employees there and the company and do the math, and, 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 and I'll explain this to you again. The Gelman team, when they left on Monday, they wanted to come back. There was a possibility I wasn't even going to have them back because I wasn't really happy with them uh, jumping ship on me yeah. out of pressure. And Mark, mm-hmm. and Mark Gelman told me it was pressure from the Jewish community. Yeah. Had nothing to do with that. With, 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 they weren't even offended by the tweet. They told me so. Neil Gelman told me the same. In fact, I talked to Neil early on. He goes, I don't, you know, whatever. Whatever, right. And then the other person, Joan Berkman, who's this uh, witch who runs around St. Louis and and her little Ladue Newsy crowd, uh, reps um, Ruth's Chris, that paid me in gift certificates 
The station barely made any money off that. And then Joan Berkman also wrote Palm and without permission basically went public and said Palm was leaving when they didn't. They never, they never stopped spending one dime in the contract they had with advertising. So those are the three big companies that the Post-Dispatch is saying, abandon me. In the meantime, you draw up a list of the, of the, of the outfits that stopped advertising as a result of me not going there anymore, not being there anymore. They're not talking about that. Not, Eric DePuty no. mm-hmm. canceled a $7,000 a month contract with 97.1. $7,000 a month. Arrowhead Building Supply wrote a letter, Rick Pogue and the gang, oh, yeah. and of course, uh, Discovery Design is their other company and they're supporting, because I can't, I can't uh, use them as an advertiser. Because the station, apparently, I was so vulgar and, and horrible for the station, they don't want me to work anywhere else, and they don't want me to take advertising. So clearly, they don't think I'm that horrible, because apparently, they're afraid of me. So I can't be that horrible. It couldn't be that diabolical to the community, right? Yeah. If you, because if, if, if I were just so horrible, you wouldn't have to care what I was doing, would you now? Instead, they're obsessed with what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, I bet they are every day, every day. And, and so, and then you have the situation where you had so Arrowhead Building Supply. Then you had uh, you had in the run up to the firing, Proctor Drapery and Michael's Flooring Outlet both said they were going to be doubling their advertising in support of me, doubling it. Then you had others who just left. They tried to get uh, Jeremy North over three hundred and sixty IRA. Tried to get him to him to him to do it. He goes, "I don't, I don't appreciate the way you treated him. I'm not going to come. I'm not doing anything with you guys. I don't like the way you treated him." So, so, so any disparagement or any any wrong to advertisers took place with my firing, right? Not with my tweet. And that is a major distinction, right? I don't want to. Inside radio doesn't want to clarify that, <clears throat> and they're still using phrases that are egregious, in my opinion. They're still using those key trigger phrases and words, the soft soft wording that still makes you seem as if you did something, yeah, absolutely horrible. And, and there and there was no public outrage. Uh, no, that I can guarantee you, there was not. I've... There was outrage among Stacey Newman, right? Who, as a state representative, decided yeah. she was going to bring the full force of her state government office on me and my advertisers, for that matter. So there was that, and then, uh, then, then, uh, manufactured by her, uh, her uh, uh, dopey stepson. Yeah, there was one guy in one guy in Webster Groves, little artist guy. He had problems sitting down after it. He was about the only guy I know that was really outraged. He had one or two people that were just couldn't couldn't handle it, and then they went after you on Twitter and and were dealt with. Intercom Intercom was so outraged by it that they told me to please don't talk about it and that PR will handle it. That's how outraged they were. It'll blow over. That's how outraged Entercom was, and that's all on paper. I don't know who I don't know who that's, they think they're fooling. That's awesome. I don't I don't I don't know whether they just they in their fantasy land they don't think this is going to go to trial. 
Like they, they don't think this is going to go before a jury. You know why? Because they think that they're going to simply paper us to death and, and with their highfalutin $800 an hour attorneys and, and try, to, try to intimidate me to not keep pursuing this. But I got news for you. I will keep pursuing this. And so th- then you have the situation where, let me ask you what outrage is. So, so the tweet went out on the 26th of March and wasn't even a concern of anybody at 97.1 until about the 6th of April. Whatever that Wednesday was or whenever Stacey Newman pointed it out. Mm-hmm. The, tweet, the tweet wasn't even in any public forum, in any way, shape, or form, except on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and, and so uh, apparently, uh, even, of course, Intercom is a little bit in, a, in trouble uh, because they, they don't have a social media policy so, uh, and, and never have. And in fact, it was told me, I don't know, in the aftermath of this, we might want to come up with a social media policy. Maybe you ought to, but you didn't have it at the time. Hmm. And so where was – when – what point did the public outrage start? Because it didn't start when I tweeted it. It didn't start the day after I tweeted it. It didn't start March 27th, March 28th, March 29th, March 30th, March 31st, April 1st, April 2nd, April 3rd, April 4th, April 5th, April 6th. 11 days. That's right. And, and and so there there was no outrage or vulgarity or whatever else until of course Newman and her little stepson Troglodyte clown right offspring decided to uh, go ahead and 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 create bots and slam the station and do all this kind of stuff uh, with fa- and from people from out of town Definitely. most of the people who were so there was no, there was there was public outrage from most people from out of town. There were, I have 6,000 followers plus, probably a third of those actually listen, if that much, listen to this radio show. Right. So even then, they couldn't even be described as listeners at that point, most of these people on Twitter, whatever it happens to be. And so so if this were so vulgar and, and so offensive to everybody, why is it that my advertisers, most of them, Demanded my station stick by me, put money forth for the station to stick by me, and threatened to leave if I if I wasn't uh, there anymore. If this were so vulgar, and it's, and and it, clearly the company didn't have any uh, recognition of it, didn't didn't notice it. I had one guy who was the uh, regional manager in Kansas City. He's one of our regional men, Dave Alpert. Uh, I remember uh, Jeff and Becky, they were trying to reach him over the weekend. The weekend before I was fired, right? Like okay. Tuesday. Okay. Uh, and actually, I maintain they really didn't fire me on Tuesday. Only, but it, anyway. Uh, so they uh, they tried to reach him and once they did, he was like, what, what were you guys talking about again? Right. He had he had, had zero concern about it. It'll blow over. It'll blow over. It'll blow over. Uh, don't say, they wouldn't allow me to say anything on the air 
and 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 they also said that that if Sinclair did something, then it would be trouble. And then they did. And then Sinclair did because Sinclair has a different contract. You can look at him uh, the wrong way and they can fire you at Sinclair. Yeah, they have an internet policy. And, and they also have a contract that's very, very broad. So you can wear the wrong color socks and they can fire you at Sinclair. That wasn't my contract at Emmis. My contract at Emmis said nothing about if Sinclair does this, then we're going to do this. And that's where you're going to get the hot poker. Because uh, my contract isn't with, with the radio station isn't with Sinclair. And, and, my, and everything in there is very explicit about ways in which blah, blah, blah. And you can't prove any of it. You didn't have cause. Your cause was Sinclair. That's not good enough. That's not good enough by any stretch of the imagination. And that's how it all went down because you notice that nothing happened to me until Sinclair did something. You did notice that, right? Absolutely. Nothing happened to me. That was the hinge hinge right there. They wanted me to zip it up. They wouldn't let me address it on the air. They kept me quiet. They wouldn't let me defend myself. Mm -hmm. They said PR was going to handle it. Mm -hmm. And Stacey Newman went directly to Sinclair. That's exactly why they got the pressure from. That's what, as far as I can tell, that's what happened. Somebody on Facebook saying that there was really no outrage until that what they did to you. Exactly. That's where the word outrage would be applicable. Yeah. yeah. So. So I, I didn't intend to, to talk about this, but since Brad sent me the thing on on, uh, um, uh. Since he sent it to me, I just I thought I'd address it since I, I haven't given you guys much of an update on stuff and, and talked about it um, so, uh, you know, uh, extensively. But, but th- this, is, this is, and this goes to show you, though, how little concern members of the media and even the, even the media that covers the media has for the truth. That's, what I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. This is the media covering themselves, covering their own reporting, and still spinning it. Right. And I'm, what are you going to do? That's that's double layer BS. That's not. I don't know how how the proletariat. What is our what is our way of uh, combating that? Besides, I don't understand. That's just that's really weird stuff. Yeah. You know, having looked through all your stuff that I did whenever I was really looking into this and really you know, <clears throat> and then to see something so far from it now, so many weeks have gone by. To still see that kind of just yeah tripe written in those ways, it's irritating, Jamie. And 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 I will tell you that there were that that most people in management at ninety seven one because they'll have to say it, and, and most people at Entercom were not offended at all, right. Adults to 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 the degree no that I was adults. I should be fired. The only person that made the decision, and when once we depose him, we'll find out directly, is the CEO of Entercom, David Field, who's running Daddy's company, yeah. and apparently uh, wanted to aggrandize himself with all of his liberal loafer wearing chino pants. That is more probably what happened. Boys. That's exactly what happened. That's. <laughs> And and they'll never admit they'll never in a million years 
admit because it's all because because when you're when you're when you have daddy's company and you're the golden boy and you're kind of like that guy you're never gonna you know you your ego is so gigantic that you're never going to admit any kind of mistake even when people told you what was going to happen in the run up to and I'll tell you I'll tell you what one thing because because these guys can't you, they can't erase any of this so. I, I have I have no problem telling telling that, uh, but I don't want to get into some strategy either. But Mm-mm. but don't, don't do that. But but yeah. uh, these guys all were they were all warning David Field what was going to happen if if I was fired. Yeah, and they said it's going to destroy this radio station's budget. Like smart people. That, that, who that's, knew. A, that's a matter yeah. of fact. Mm-hmm. And, and he was told, you get rid of him, we will never recover from this financially. Never. And I know that people are thinking, oh, yeah, but you know, the left wingers, yeah, but this was, a, this was a principled move then. Kind of like when Disney got rid of Roseanne's show. This is a principled move. Nah. Because, because you, do you think do you think that any amount of monetary loss hmm. that that David Field is going to cancel his trip to Montana with the with the kids? No. no. You think David Field's going to uh, get a different car with a lower car payment because of the no. financial loss at ninety seven one? No. They're just going to fire people, and if they don't fire them at ninety seven one, they'll fire them at another radio station. And do you do you? They paid fifteen million dollars for this uh, this radio station, which now is uh, which now is is a damaged good, and and they're paying attorneys eight hundred dollars plus an hour, and 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 David Field will spend two million dollars battling Jamie Allman. If he has to. And, and, and do you think any amount of that is going to come out of David Field's salary or David Field's budget? Nah. He's going to ruin the lives of 50, 60 people just to prove this point. His point, which would be principles. Would or have whatever. to be principles if he's got people on his team telling him we're going to lose on this. This is a, this is a bad, we shouldn't do this. There'll be a backlash that will, and then I guess his only defense would be then, well, it's the principle. We have to stick true to our principles or whatever. I don't know what, what he could say if he's deposed. I don't know what he could, I don't know what he could say here. It's, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about the final decisions they made, but, uh, could always lie under oath people there. There's that. Always do that if you want to. But unfortunately, it's the, 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 the it's the reality of what's what's going on there. So anyway, uh, I, did, I took a lot of time with that, but but it was in inside inside radio. It was up in that, <clears throat> up in their radio, the Orwellian inside radio. Yeah. I mean, and, and and these guys aren't again. And I'll, they they really what happened is they figured that I would need their money so badly that they that that I would do anything for their severance package. 
And, I, and, I think many guys would have taken it. I think in most – like, I know other names around town, I believe would have would have taken the money and right. walked. I just don't think they picked – they just picked a – just, yeah. Many people would have taken the deal and walked. I do believe that. You and just, they dummied up papers, which is even worse. Uh-huh. With fake stuff in it. But, 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 but the other thing – you know what else? This is how – this is what scumbags these guys were because here's the deal – I worked for Emmis for 17 years. I worked for Enacom for maybe 30 days. So I owe them nothing. They did nothing for my career. And so technically, uh, I, if there's a non-compete or whatever, it's designed to, you know, if they train you to do this kind of thing. But that, 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 I have no investment whatsoever in that. But here's, here's, here's how little respect they had for the 17 years, first of all, they had a they had Esther, who was their PR person, uh, uh, purposely lop off five years of my tenure there when she was talking to the papers about how I was there 12 years, which was oh. wrong. So 17. Hmm. And and uh, here's what they did: they they, they offered the severance package. They didn't notice this until I already had told them to pound sand, but. Uh, if I if I got it, they, they reduced my non compete to like three months or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but if I got a job, like they gave me six months severance, and then if I got a job though, within two months I wouldn't get the severance anymore. I mean that's how that's how cheap these guys are. That's how that's how uh, how in the dirt these people play. After all this, and they thought, "Oh no, whatever, I'll take whatever you give me." Uh, and and, the, and the, unfortunately, the point was too that that um, they wanted me to lie. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you didn't even know that until you already had told them to pound sand says a lot about yeah. the principles that you were you were holding. You know, already you had decided. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wasn't um, I wasn't gonna. I, I there was I was no way I could I could possibly do that after all this because I knew this was just such a such a hose job, you know. And 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 they're and hmm. these people are doing it all over the place. And and the biggest frustration is that no one is telling the story correctly uh, regarding advertising, whatever. And and that's not to mention though, you know th- that. You know, like Insider said, what did Insider say I did? They, that I threatened him? What did yeah. it say I did? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, let's see. What does this say? Uh, here, hold on. Uh, uh, false. Okay. Oh, attacked David Hogg. Mm-hmm. I, I did not attack. David Hogg. That's that's an that's an inaccurate statement. Right. And and again, like even the Post Dispatch or whatever, they they said that for three big companies, which is another lie, left. They're not big companies, uh, and 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 then said I threatened to sexually assault them, which is mm. absolutely a disregard for the truth. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no way around it. One 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 place called the Washington Press said I fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg. Yeah, yeah, don't get me started on this. 
because I'll go down that rabbit hole real quick. But uh, the redefinition of the word attack, I've come to, I guess, I'm okay with that, I guess now, because I hate that people use the word attack. Yeah. Because it's not actually an attack. But uh, the, 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 when it gets into the word sex, sexual, that's when I just, I was done. I was, that's when I knew we had to do, we had to do something. At least us, the fans, the people that knew of you as well as we did or whatever. And then just the stupidity of twisting words and making people draw images and all this it just got really weird man some of yeah. that stuff we I, you saw what we what we you know yeah saw some of the words that people were using and it was just obviously <laughs> the weird people yeah. of the world were just all uniting for a minute and saying you know yeah how long do you think this trial is going to take when you have the editor of the washington press and you say how did you know that Jamie Allman was fantasizing about sexually assaulting David Hogg? On what basis did you print that headline? Mm-hmm. How long do you think that's how, – how do you think that person's going to answer that in any fashion that would be in any way defensible under the First Amendment or any journalistic standard? How, would, how do you think that person could possibly – when you're asked directly, you printed a headline that said, Jamie Allman fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg. How did you know that Jamie Allman fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg? And the reality is there's no way they could have known that in any way, shape, or form. I specifically asked people that. Specifically asked people that on Twitter. All throughout the game, and I never got a response ever once to that question. Never. You couldn't. It's indefensible. It's not. It's not an answer. You. I mean, you've you've got if you get them in that corner, if you get somebody in that corner, and throughout this, Jamie, somewhere, I they hope will. You do. Well, they they will I, be I in that corner. That. I want that. They they will be in that okay. corner. Let it let it happen. I mean, and, and they'll all be in the corner at once. So the Washington Post will be in the corner as well when. I can't even remember what that yeah. first headline said because they erased it 15 minutes after they put it out. Not soon enough, however. <laughs> yep, shift up, star, bink, we're done. I got it, screenshot. They yeah. said that I, um, I don't know whether it was threatened to rape or I can't remember what it said, <clears throat> but it was bad enough that they changed it. And I, I, I don't have to remember what it said because I have it. I have it all too. In front of me, (laughs) you know, in my in my computer, but but um, and and they're going to be the first, and then you had um, the Riverfront Times, uh, and the editor who tweeted out that I threatened to sodomize. Yep, she said I threatened to sodomize David Hogg. Thanks for bringing that word into the fold. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I I know about her. I won't. And then you had, and then you had, and I'll go back to this really quickly because, because um, I mentioned this yesterday, so I don't want to beat this up. But but then you had David Hogg, uh, I mean uh, Joe Holloman with the Post Dispatch reporting on, on the lawsuit and everything else, and he said he used the term uh, filing suit after Jamie Elman criticized David Hogg, which I guess is like. Okay, and Joe's a good guy. Joe's actually been very fair to me, and I've always liked him anyway. He's, he, he, for those of you out there uh, who uh, – Joe is a, is, a real, is a good guy and has been good to me in terms of being accurate. He doesn't have to be good to me just to be good to me, but just in terms of being accurate and fair, which is, the, which is 
the most you should be able to expect from a journalist is to be accurate and fair, you know, like you would anybody. And Joe has been that. So I did text him after I saw that. And um, I'm not sure whether he's ever going to text me back after this, but um, I did text him afterwards. Thank you for not using the word threatened to sexually assault or the words threatened sexually assault, David Hogan said used, criticized. Uh, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. everybody else is saying I threatened to sexually assault him. And he said, no, I went back to the editors and told them that's totally inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So we don't use that anymore. It's like, oh, thank you. Wow. Voice of reason. For well, what that. I mean is yeah. thank you for no. that text mm-hmm. because now we know that the editors of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, when they heard from Joe Holloman, admitted mm-hmm. that it was wrong. And regretted. Probably right. immediately regretted. Yes. So, so there's, there's your, you know, uh, there's your, and, and of course, it forever, if you, if you, if you Google uh, my name or whatever, and I noticed that there's been a little bit of a, uh. um, it, it's forever there. Mm-hmm. That I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg. And even David Hogg doesn't believe that. Nobody believes that. And of course, also <laughs> though, and again, I understand that, like, for instance, when someone says, um, like, if someone said, I want to kill the president, mm-hmm. uh, that could be perceived as a threat, even if they don't tweet the president, right? Yes. But but you have to remember that if you're going to be really this precise, um, I didn't even tweet David Hogg. Right. I didn't do an at David Hogg. I'm going to come. In. It, it was a facetious reference to what I was going to do the next day, and even then, it was a facetious reference mainly because I didn't attack David Hogg at all the next day. And it was, it was the exact opposite. I defended him over this documentary. He was f bombing people, and I'm already explained that. But you know, that's kind of where that's at. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't even going to go there, and uh, and uh, and. Uh, but Brad sent me the letter. The, no, I'm glad he did. I'm, I'm, I, that's. I'm. I was interested. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I sometimes get it's a double edged sword. But you know. But let's put it this way. Uh, when you are looking at. Accuracy, for instance, even when you're going through the news regarding what's happening at the border with the kids, the news media is 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 no longer in any way, shape, or form beholden to accuracy. That that now they they make comparisons and they draw conclusions that they really cannot make on, on any factual basis. So, so that's why yesterday. I mean, and, and so, so now it doesn't matter because we we we're so convoluted, and and the, and we're converging on journalism and opinion. Oh, that's why I was opining. That's mostly opining. Right? I mean, I mean, you had. Well, I'll I'll do this. Hold on a second here, because because um, uh, is is is. Gail King an anchor? Because I know she's on. In the morning is an anchor, right? CBS this morning, right? She's she's an anchor, so she should she would call herself. I guarantee you, if you asked Gail King what she is, mm-hmm. she would call herself a journalist. Journalist, right? 
How is the border? I'll say, Alex, you know, we arrived yesterday afternoon. We went straight to the facility, the location where kids and their parents were reunited. And all I can say after talking to the people, watching the people, listening to the people, that the Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. I mean, and if you want to get right down to it, and again, I, I'm, I, might be, I, I might be overstating this, but again, let's keep everything where the facts need to be. And let's pretend like, for instance, even if you were insinuating I was threatening David Hogg with sexual assault, at some point you'd have to say, all right, so why do you say that? Well, because he threatened to ram a hot poker. So when did you see Jamie Allman with a, within the vicinity of a hot poker, first of all? Were you able to, man, was there a hot poker? Was he, did he have access to a hot poker? Well, he has a fireplace. You, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so and, and, and I would begin just with Gail King, just the idea of the Statue of Liberty weeping. And he was like, the Statue of Liberty isn't, doesn't cry. It's, it's, a, it's a statue. So you've already decided that you're going to invent a vision of something that is completely and entirely implausible and impossible. And not only that, you also are a journalist, but you decided you're going to say, did she say she feels the statue? Let me just do this again. The Statue of Liberty of the people, that the Statue of Liberty, I can say after talking to the people, watching the people, listening to the people, that the Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. I think is weeping right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I think mm-hmm. is not a basis on which to draw a conclusion, a factual conclusion, because you're clearly already stating that you think that this is happening, but you don't know that. No, that's opining. Exactly. Say, I think. But yeah. she would say that she's a journalist. Mm-hmm. So so we we can't – the problem is now everything is, is – is, uh, now mixed and, 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 and is now, it doesn't matter what you, you do, you, as long as it's your feeling or you can do this, that becomes a journalistic statement. And it's just like, and then we had, we had 22, and this is just in one day, okay? Oh, no, it's actually over two days. Of... Uh, 22 plus comparisons, and we're up to right right now, I think about 35 comparisons on the news of what's going on down there to the to the Holocaust and concentration camps. Well, the images suggest those of concentration camps. I mean, uh, but 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 again, if you look at them and you and you look at a any, I've seen images of concentration camps. And heaven forbid there's somebody who actually has survived them or family members who survived them. Uh, they know what a concentration camp looks like. Right. Yeah, you have a fan, a longtime fan on Twitter, Mike. I, he, he was going crazy yesterday about what we were talking about. Yeah. And, I mean, he was just. Yeah, because, because yeah. Um, Mark Kaysen apparently got the That's early draft. Yeah. Of the of the comparison uh, of the of the way the left was going to respond to this, so Kaysen already had the 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 yeah. um, script before yeah. it was published. <laughs> he kind of did. Yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah, because <laughs> we got all the Nazi stuff out of the way yesterday <laughs> with Mark Kaysen. Yeah, we dropped all the all the keywords were there. Yeah. Now, 
if you if you could even let's pretend that you could just say Japanese internment camps. Well, okay, that's maybe the most maybe close you're reference. onto something right. there, no, right? Exactly. I think somebody one person did, but but concentration camps. Uh. Families being cut apart. I know children are being marched away to showers. I mean, come on. Can you imagine if they had a pictures of them giving these kids haircuts or checking their teeth? I mean, they would have twisted. I mean, this would have been like Dachau, you know, or something. I mean, it just it, they're probably down there waiting to see them, you know, shaving some kids' heads yeah. or something just so they can make that into the... But, I mean, you know, and, and, and Joe Scarborough would tell you that he's a journalist, that he's... I mean, obviously, he would also he's say he's rocker. an opinion guy, a commentary guy. He's a guy. musician, yeah, man. No. What are you talking about? Man, remember that song you did? Dude, it's it's in my head right now. Yeah, thank you very much for that. What was it called again? Oh, I want to shoot myself. I think it was terrible. Yeah, it was once. bad. It was really bad. No. <laughs> only only in this genre would you say that's really horrible. I can't stand that. And then I look it up, cut to it, and right? play it. <laughs> I'm not putting that in my search engine, Nomi. That's all you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking here? Debuts. Mm-hmm. No, it's just gonna Trump protest songs. Come on, it's got to be the, the one that was really bad. It's got to be here somewhere. I can find it. Um, I can find it for you. Stand, isn't there? Yep. Hold on. That was it. And down. That's it. It's stand or something. Yeah. Let's just. Uh... Hold on. Um, let me. I'm trying to find it because there's it, mostly it's oh. Did you see? Do you remember he did the Monkey House? Like it was a horror. I mean, you, you're a musician. You, yeah. you, you. I let you attack some of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't yes. like that Creed guy. There's no way you like this. On the stage that hosted Elvis Presley and the Beatles, <laughs> performing their new single, Monkey House. Ladies and gentlemen. By the way, is that okay to call it a monkey house? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. That, that could be non-PC right there. Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a musician, mm-hmm. yeah. and you play the guitar. Yeah. And you know, like a little bit about this stuff. Assess. The I just first... learned that song right there when he just played that clip. That's how. <laughs> that's how easy that song is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to the monkey. Is it monkey or monkey? <laughs> now, what is that, monkey? Uh huh. Is it monkey? It's monkey. Is that monkey? Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the monkey. <laughs> Welcome to the monkey. Monkey. Welcome to- you sing like that when you do that? Uh, no. No, I don't. Do you think the musicians playing with him are embarrassed? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you you've seen musicians play and you are, I'm not a reader of this so I don't really I couldn't really assess them visually because I have not I have, I do not do 
assessments of musicians' faces. But if you looked at these musicians and you've seen them, do you, they mm-hmm. look like they're humiliated, embarrassed, yeah. and wish they were dead? Yes. Unequivocally, and they get in their cars and listen to the Ramones on the way home just to purify because <clears throat> that's what's going on. The chaos is short order. Do the does a lead singer when you have like a back like he had backup singers, but they weren't really backup singers that were on the side of him, <laughs> right? But is it normal for a singer? A, a singer normally would not like reference, like sing along with the backup singers and reference them, like even like no, look at them normally. No, no, that Joe Scarbo did that. The People look like they're in a concentration camp. This is a musical holocaust. They don't like to be there, do they? <laughs> They're getting paid. What's the other one? The stand. Here's a guy. Here's a guy who. Um, <laughs> here's a guy who reviewed the song "Stand." I hope he's not cussing, but I can't. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> if he's cussing, I'm sure Intercom will fire me. This is the. Chris if there was Lepaka. ever a day I didn't mind getting a copyright strike. It's today. What does that mean, Chris? It means hot new singles out right now. And I got to cover it for you. Got to do a reaction video. By the way, my name's Chris Lopaco. Yes, the Chris Lopaco. Follow me on Twitter at the Chris Lopaco. Yes, the Chris Lopaco. And then after you're done doing that, go out and get the new Joe Scarborough CD. I mean, album or whatever it's called. They don't make CDs anymore, I don't think. Yes, they do. Joe Scarborough's like, print up 100 million CDs. This shit is going to be hot, and the kids yep. love CDs. Um, yeah. Tell Intercom they're going <laughs> to fire me. I watched about two seconds of this. Oh. Esther sent it to me on tweeters, a.k.a. Nagin's cat, I think. And, um, yeah, let's see this. Let's see it. I, li- I listened to two seconds, and it made me want to throw up. <laughs> First part, hold on. We'll just, before we even get into the song, let me mute it. Yeah. Look at that picture. He's boring. So uh, here's, here's, here's Stan. Warning television personality and burgeoning rock star Joe Scarborough released a new single Saturday that he says is inspired by the anti-Donald Trump Women's March. The new song, titled Stand, is dedicated to those who hash resist, the Morning Joe co-host wrote in a tweet Saturday morning. The tune is an acoustic ballad featuring Scarborough at his (laughs) most contemplative. Once in your life, you may get the chance to stand against a column of tanks 
holding up your hand, Scarborough sings in the verse. Do, do, and once in your life, you may right get now? the chance to say words like deep within your heart am, that change the outcome of a day. When people do Saturday this, marks the first anniversary off, of the, the Women's March on Washington, last year's demonstration. When, when people do this, do they... Um, those little voices things. How is that? What is that? Like, do people watch this crap? No. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Like, I've, sometimes it's like you know. <laughs> now we're talking. Somebody's saying no sound, bros. No sound on the app. And these comparisons to like like this was another thing where they did TNM and Square. Where it's like, okay, this is the women's march. You're marching against fat slobs like Harvey Weinstein, and and it's the equivalent of you of Tiananmen Square, one of the most iconic kinds of courageous type of stands ever, ever. made. Mm-hmm. I mean, and really, the only thing you know, the one thing that they that they haven't done yet, and they wouldn't dare. Is they won't like compare things like to the march on Selma or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Worst purveyors of pure evil. We're the- bringing up the N word, Nazi. Uh, doesn't them as well, and we should all be ashamed. There are commentators like Joe Scarborough bringing up the N word, Nazi. Uh, doesn't the tone of some of the coverage offend a great deal of Americans who feel that the real scandal is that people are entering the country illegally in the first place? Now you have, and that's and that's a good point that he makes. But the new N word. Like black people are going, um, excuse me, uh, there is an N word, and mm-hmm. that N word is not Nazi. But they're even like, what is that? that that's like you know, um, racial epithet appropriating, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. But you know, he's he. But 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 at least you know, every once in a while, this Stetler guy, Brian Stetler, actually comes up with something yeah. that is that makes. A remote amount of sense, and this time he did. By the way, it looks like um, you know, like for instance, when I did the when I did the hot poker thing, I think they suspended my Twitter account for a time. They did, and apparently, though, if you're black privileged like Samuel Jackson. And you talk about after blank mints and oral yeah. sex and yeah. Donald Trump and you do homophobic gay slurs, you're still in the running on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You're, you can still do that. Oberman has an account still. End of discussion. The most disgusting tweets. Keith Oberman? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I know. Yeah. The worst. I haven't seen his He's tweets. still. Though. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll show you. You, you, <laughs> Oberman's tweets are the worst, and I'm talking the worst I have ever seen by anyone with any credibility. I would say, you know, he's a good sportscaster, but um, he's still got a job. He's at Disney, ESPN, whatever. He's got, you know, and and he's never been. To my knowledge, he's never been suspended, um, or blocked, or locked out, or anything. And he yeah. is. Are there are there are people saying they're having problems with sound on Facebook? Um, yeah, I got it too. Not on it's just the app, I think. They're having a good kind of, too bad no one can hear them. Uh I think that's just on the app, guys. Yeah. 
The app may have sound, but I can't tolerate listening to it. Is the app always, a problem? It's always stopped. It, it, was, it was dead for a second, but it's working fine now. Like yeah. Just, I don't know if the internet just glitched out or something on your app side maybe was weird for a second, but it's all fine now. Okay. Sandy agrees with me. Thank you, Sandy. No sound on Facebook. Well. I mean, Sandy agrees with me. Were we having an argument? Just don't worry about it. She agrees with me. Oh, okay. Whatever, dude. Right. Uh, that's what you're all about. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, the app is fine, my wife says, who always agrees with me. Okay. Mm. Um, Facebook okay? Uh, I'm checking it out right now. Did the Scarborough get a shutdown? Oh, I'm sure they're not. I don't sure they don't. They don't they, 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 they couldn't. I think, I think the algorithm people refuse to listen to Scarborough songs. We're good. Everybody, uh, we good? Tell, okay. Talk to me, people. <laughs> now that makes me laugh. My favorite part is this dude with his this his headset on, like laughing as they're about to just blast away. Everything's good. <laughs> Frontier. Let's go. Oh, look! Let's go to Hillary Clinton. When it comes to conflict. When women are at the peace table, countries are more likely to reach peace agreements, and those agreements are longer-lasting. Mike from the parking lot. <clears throat> that was a lapel mic. I'm not sure what that is. That's... That was Hillary Clinton saying that when women are at the peace table, there's more likely of a chance for peace. This is a week after a man straight out of Mad Men was at the peace table. You couldn't have a more masculine alpha male than Donald Trump. And he sits at the peace table. And I'm pretty sure that we got a little peace out of this, right? Yep. Let me just get this straight here really quickly. If when women are at the peace table, countries are more likely to reach peace agreements, and those agreements are longer lasting. Do we know that? How do we know that that when women are at the peace table? Because I think the only time that, I mean, I think Madeleine Albright might have been a woman at a peace table. I guess she did okay, right? Yeah. To a certain degree. Um, Indira Gandhi, was she ever at a peace table? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, what basis... Gandhi? Uh, what basis that that they're getting the, the women at the peace table thing? There's no factual evidence. Okay, to just one's checking. But beyond the workplace... We have an urgent imperative to stand up for the human rights of women and girls around the world and here at home. Just last week, the administration announced that they will not provide asylum to survivors of domestic violence who seek refuge in the United States when their own countries fail to protect them. Did they announce that they're not going to... Accept people, domestic violence, because I think what she's saying is that there are people who are fleeing violence in other countries and, and, and like Mexico and the cartel and whatever. And 
insinuating somehow that 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 is seeking asylum or whatever. There there are processes by which you seek asylum. And if you are politically oppressed or whatever, or there's genocide, there, there are all ways that you could seek asylum. But these people aren't seeking asylum by its definition. They're running across a border. And I'm not quite sure whether or not why she would think that domestic, somebody being uh, in the throes of domestic violence has any more of a right to be here than somebody who's has her neighborhood shot up by drug dealers. I don't really understand what she's going here. Meanwhile, what's happening to families at the border is horrific. Nursing infants being ripped away from their mothers. Parents being told their toddlers are being taken to bathe or play, only to realize hours later they aren't coming back. Where did that come from? And there has not been one instance where somebody has been tricked into having their baby separated from them. Not one case of that happening. And where was the where was the case of the uh, infant being ripped away while they're nursing? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I mean, again, all we're asking for is a level of accuracy and and, and, a, and some level of truth from the people who are really making some pretty serious claims. I mean, it's it's a pretty serious claim to claim that the U.S. is ripping a nursing baby away from its mother. Like, there's not. I hate to laugh, at that, but I mean, there's there hasn't been one case of this happening, and and then again, that's how twisted things have become. Where some of it is so ridiculous that I'm laughing at Holocaust references and concentration camp references and shower references. That's how awful they've made me. The news media and Hillary and Joe Scarborough and Chris Matthews, and all the other people out there in CBS Newsland. By the way, too, there was one instance where they were claiming that uh, the children were being put in cages. I haven't seen one cage. I mean, I've seen rooms and bunkers that look like campground camp cabins, but I haven't seen anything remotely. I saw one in 2014. Children incarcerated in warehouses and according to one account kept in cages. Yeah. Oh, she delicately one handled that. One account. She delicately handled that line intentionally. Yeah. Why would she delicately handle that? That's not true. When, when she didn't delicately handle the, uh, the, the person being ripped away while nursing. This is a moral and humanitarian crisis. Every one of us who's ever been a parent. Yeah, she, I guess, I guess uh, ripped away while nursing is one thing, and that's horrible. But vacuuming an embryo out of a womb is A-OK. Yeah, she's never, yeah. To a grandparent, an aunt, a big sister, mm. any one of us who's ever held a child in our arms... Every human being with a sense of compassion and decency should be outraged. Yeah, especially since the parents are putting the kids through this. Again, this is a this is a somewhat of a tough deal because the optics on it are not good. But again, let's look at and I, I think she's going to pull the Jesus thing here for in a second. Let me before I get to the. 
Gee whiz, we get it. Holy man. You know, I warned about this during the debates and on the campaign trail that Trump's immigration. Not in 2014, apparently, when Obama was doing it. <laughs> policies would result in families being separated, parents being sent away from their children, people being rounded up and loaded into trains and buses. And now, as we watch with broken hearts, that's. A Is there a train involved in this? I don't know. We, I, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, they keep making these references to things that obviously are Nazi, subliminal, Nazi-esque, subliminal stuff, man. But, but I haven't seen anybody on a train. No, there aren't. No, there aren't trains doing this. There's no trains involved in this. No, that's lie. That's 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 a lie. That's a lie. In families being separated, parents being sent away from their children, people being rounded up and loaded into trains and buses. Maybe I, I, I just haven't. Yeah, I think if there was a train, we would have seen that for That's sure. That's why we know there isn't one. Because I they mean, we have, definitely mm-hmm. would have like seen a train. Yeah, like that would have been a. If you're if you're like all into your Nazi thing, mm-hmm. you definitely would want concentration. And Obama you definitely want a train. would have used them, so there'd be pictures from back then too. Yeah. So this would be not some new thing. It would be, you know. But I would I would want it. But I definitely it would be completely addictive to the news media yeah. if they were doing their little concentration campy type oh, yeah. of thing to have you need a train to f- to fill yeah. out that whole vision interviewing the engineer you know how's it feel and now as we watch with broken hearts that's exactly what's happening and and, and again just a little modicum of accuracy you know i mean just a just a little bit of some factual some piece of truth would be nice and let's be very clear this is not happening because of the, quote, Democrats' law, as the White House has claimed. Separating families is not mandated by law at all. But if it's not mandated, why did Obama do it anyway, then? All. That is an outright lie. And it's incumbent on all of us, journalists and citizens alike, to call it just that. So... <clears throat> This is where we're going to get like the Jesusy reference, and I'm not going to put you through Hillary Clinton with her Jesusy reference because the usual happens I, because it's so offensive every time you turn around that Democrats suddenly find Jesus, find religion, find morality, find concern for children, love the Pope. when the rea- when re- in reality they. Their their actions don't exhibit that in any way, shape, or form, and it's getting to be just simply insulting. And hearing Nancy Pelosi at the Hispanic prayer breakfast or Hillary Clinton at this, whatever she's doing there, and talking about Christian values and Christian this and Christian that. And by the way, these are the first people that the minute you have anybody of any stature who happens to be uh, talking about. Christ or Christianity or religion, and they are Republicans or conservatives, it's suddenly, wait a second, separation of church and state. It's automatic. They come out of the woodwork when you dare mention 
morality or Christ-like laws. I think Nancy Pelosi at one point indicated that uh, there ought to be uh, faith-based enforcement of the border. And they're like thinking, what? I mean, but, but, but we're hearing that from these guys because they suddenly like find this religion or whatever aspect of it, and, and, and it's just it's so in disingenuous. But this is their thing. This is the blockbuster uh, summer story, man. The blockbuster of the summer, and they're going to milk this forever. As the Gallup poll shows that Americans are happiest as they've ever been in 12 years, this is their reaction. This is the media's and reaction. And they have to they have to carry it, too, now, because there's nothing but good news coming, so they're going to have to keep this going. I know I played this earlier, but there's one guy who, um, who was reminding people uh, about complicated for you and your team, but what people are talking about is a group, a population from the law. And what happens when you do that, it creates a vacuum, it creates a draw for a certain group of people to, that rises uh, to trends that, are, that become a crisis. I'm going to give you an example here. Um, because we were releasing family units, we were not taking any action. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 2nd, the, just last month, we had an MS-13, full-blown MS-13, accompanied by his one-year-old child. This is a guy who was at the epicenter of this border configuration here, and basically saying that we've just done nothing for the past two decades. And, and, and we haven't done anything of the sort, and that's why we're having the problems we're having now because we basically have not in any way, shape, or form addressed the problem. Democrats and Republicans have looked the other way, and now here's where we are. It was so insulting to hear Laura Bush talking about what's happening down there at the border when this is partially her husband's fault. And, of course, I'm not taking blame away from the parents who are committing illegal acts and carrying the kids over to them uh, over the border. But this is partially your husband's fault and, and, and the fault of Democrats, too, because they have not adequately come up with any answers as it relates to border security, uh, securing our border, keeping these people from coming over here or creating situations where it's not beneficial for them to come over here. He thought that he was going to get released into the community. That was not the case. But help us understand how we are seeing the pictures and hearing the stories of mothers and children given a bath, and they don't see their children. How is that okay? So very respectfully, Ms. Gale, that's misinformation that is out there. Um, There's a story about removing a child from a breastfeeding mother. Absolutely not true. Yeah. Which Hillary just cited. she just said that, and, uh-huh. and and again, once you get that out there, and and you and you start, you can't stop it. You you can't you, you, because because why would you resist the temptation when you're talking about this as a commentary? I heard that there was a story about a child being taken away uh, while breastfeeding. It's like, well, it sounds very dramatic and and kind of probably drives your point home, but it's probably not true. Um, the, but I'm not every, every, about that. every family member gets a, a, a sheet with information to keep track of their child, to get information where that child but is. Could- and again, this is only the fault of the parents who have decided to commit an act of illegality coming across the border. And of course, it's going to compromise your children. And by the way, it's so weird that we have situations because I've never been a, I've, I've always been very suspicious of the whole division of family services approach to certain things 
where they're taking kids away in this country from parents all the time. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I believe that the Division of Family Services and the state government ought to be hyper-focused on keeping families together, but not even regular Americans who aren't even necessarily committing a crime are getting the same kind of treatment that some of these individuals are getting who are not even citizens and are, and are crossing the border. You have, you have case after case uh, uh, of where, where families are, are ripped apart or whatever because of some complaint that's being made or because the state is determined that they're not being, they're, they're not being fed accurately enough. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, adequately enough. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think we have a problem here in this country where people are being, their kids are being taken away for less. Mm-hmm. And with indifference towards them as far as – I don't think they give the – you know, if you get door kicked in and you're selling crack and they take you to jail and take your kids to DFS or whatever, they don't give you updates on where your kid is and how they're doing. And, you know, it's – you'll see them when you get out. <laughs> yeah, Did you see that, that big-ass bear they got? Was it in Baldwin? On the current river? Mm-hmm. I mean, they did see one in Baldwin, mm-hmm. but – this was a this is a four hundred pound dead black bear. Um, apparently, he might have been stuck like in something, like in a in a in a uh, branch or something, and drowned or something like that. But Whoa. somebody saw a bear in Baldwin, man. That's a big. That's a big bear in Baldwin. <laughs> it is. Do you see it? No. That's a big ass bear. Nope. I don't mess with bears. And this is a bear that actually, like, I, I, I always, you always thought bears were, when you saw them at the zoo, mm-hmm. that they were like these fat, stumpy leg things. This thing has long legs and a big, long body. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty menacing. I saw a, a, an, a dead armadillo on Big Bend. <laughs> what? I'm not kidding you, man. You it was sure? an armadillo. Yeah, dude. An armadillo. Yes. Get a picture? No. It's a dog. No, it was a it was an armadillo, and I'm telling you, armadillos are all over the place where people wouldn't have otherwise even imagined they are. I guarantee you, on Facebook, people will confirm that <laughs> yeah, armadillos I'm are waiting. everywhere. I'm waiting right now. They're ev- they're everywhere. <clears throat> uh, for, along well, no, along 44, all over Jeffco, Jeffco. Yeah, I mean they're 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 but this one this is the first time I've ever seen one actually like in Midtown St. Louis an armadillo. If I had an armadillo on Big Bend, <clears throat> that that'd be a weird day. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there you go. Welcome to my weird day. But it was dead. Yeah. And the problem is there it, you know, you run over one and it's like you know, it's like running over a uh uh like a like a it's crunches when you run oh. over an armadillo. Somebody yeah. said on Facebook they've learned how to adapt to our winters here, so that's why they're moving into this area. They can handle it. Yeah, from the south they've come up. So, imagine an armadillo coming all the way from the south. That's quite a feat. Yep. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think maybe they somehow uh, came in here? They, they certainly didn't like. They couldn't have walked here from Texas. They put them on trains, maybe. 
Ooh, they put them on trains and send them to the showers. <laughs> but no, I, I but I, I, on 44, there was there was a while back, there was a first sighting of an armadillo, a couple armadillos on 44, and people were like, well, where's this coming from? And whether or not they were kind of like brought here as kind of a, I don't know, somebody brought one up here or something, and then it proceeded to Weird pet. bang its way through right. the... <laughs> through the county. <laughs> Sexy armadillo running around procreating. Yeah, apparently. Everybody knows a lot about armadillos. Hell, I, I told you, man. Oh, so you bears, never believe me. Bears are I... on the Missouri flag. Good job, Peter. Peter Fiverr You didn't believe me about the no. about the song about Statue of Liberty. You're not believing me about the thing. I'm sorry. You need to, you need to get, My you get with the program here. I'm sorry. Uh, but you, you bring up the word armadillo... And you'll have multiple messages from people about their own armadillo experience. Exactly right. And, and they'll tell you that they saw one here, someone there. And armadillos are pretty crazy because they're like, uh, I don't really, really know what they do, mm-hmm. um, what they eat, or who eats an armadillo. Linda says they're, they've been migrating north, but they're probably illegal. So, What do you mean illegal? Illegal. Early, As in like illegal, illegal immigrants. immigrants. Yeah, yeah. So leathery arm. It's more like a leathery armor shell. They're they're kind of cute, actually. They look like um, they look like a, what would if if you were a possum and you were in a night outfit. That's what you would look like an armadillo. You've run over one. Like if you were a possum and you were jousting back right. in fourteen ten, right. you would look like an armadillo. Mm-hmm. Like if you were, is that what they call it with a big pole? Yeah. yeah if you were yeah. Dou- jousting. For sure. Little armored one in Spanish. Yep. There are uh, nine species, and there's also a giant armadillo, which I wouldn't want to see. Uh, mammals, uh, and in general, they have a low body temperature of about 33 Celsius, which is th- their body temperatures just are like ours. And they basically can't see worth a crap. And they basically, which is why they wind up, I think, probably on the side of roads quite a bit. And they have a keen sense of smell. So they dig in the ground and burrow. And that's how they, that's what they eat. I guess they eat worms. Bugs, somebody said. Stuff like that. Bugs. Bugs. And there's one called a pink fairy armadillo. So they uh, now are finding in in uh, Missouri. I think the Post did a story about them and said that basically what what uh, one of our people just confirmed, and that is that they actually did they found a way to, to to migrate here. Now let me ask you this: You're not going to believe me, right? When I do this, I already don't. When I say this, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm skeptical. Um, I'm skeptical. Now I know that uh, you do. You know of a song called "Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road." I do. Okay, you do. I loved that song so you, as a little kid. So you agree? Mm-hmm. Now, do you also know that I do believe that uh, some famous people did the song? Right. I don't know who recorded it. I haven't heard it in a long time. Here. Yeah. 
Crossing the highway late last night They should have looked left and they should have looked right They didn't see the station wagon car The skunk got squashed and there you are You got your dead skunk in the middle of the road Sounds like Arlo Guthrie. That's ex- that's what I was thinking. That, uh, yeah. It doesn't say. Is that Arlo Guthrie? Yeah. JB says it is. Does sound like it. I can just imagine the conversation. I imagine that the conversation that these uh, skunks had before. You think that when when the dead skunk in the middle of the road was having a conversation with another skunk, and you wonder how they wound up. Wound up in the in the middle of the road. Come on, stink! I don't remember that line. I like that. Why don't we do it in the road? That might have been part of the conversation. Why don't we do it oh, in I see the where you're going. Just skunk lured another skunk in there. So I don't think we should because there's cars in the road. Why don't we do it in the road? I, I, don't, I don't want to go out there with you, Peppy. The Pew. <laughs> no one will be watching us. Why don't we do it in the road? I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. Why not? Why don't we do it in the road? Okay. Let's do By a truck, we shouldn't be out here. No one will be watching. Sing it, baby. That was awesome. I one time I had an argument with somebody about uh, that song, and nobody would believe me that. The, see it again. I don't know what it is. My just my dishonest face. No, man. That I uh, that I said the Beatles sang a song. Why don't we do it? No, they didn't. <laughs> That's funny. This is this is one of the benefits of having big brothers. Is my my right. my one brother used to like loop the White Album constantly. Oh yeah, and that's how I learned all about that stuff. I didn't believe somebody when they told me there was a, well, I was a little kid, but I got a real big argument when they somebody told me there was a Saint Francis of Assisi. I didn't believe him. I got called out, and I was proven wrong. They call it a sissy? Well, it was St. Francis of Assisi. Isn't that how you actually say it? I thought it was a sissy, but I, know, I people, don't know. That's what, but I didn't believe it either way. I just didn't believe there was something so dumb-sounding. You know? But skepticism is in my blood. Well, uh, you can have... You know, there, there was actually... Um, you know, St. Clair mm-hmm. 
is the patron saint of television. Do you know that? I'm not kidding you. Uh, and, okay, once again, what's, up? what's the matter with they've me? They've canonized someone since the invention of the television. Yes. And, and she's the patron saint of television. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling you on that Dude, one, Dude, okay, here. Man. Don't make me. I Now I have to extend the time of the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have to believe you because I know you know these kinds of things. So, but. And it just so happens that it's Claire of Assisi who's the patron saint of oh. television. Wow. Dude, stick with me, man. I'm I not, will, bro. I'm telling I'm, you. I'm on it now. Uh, and, and, and the reason why she's the patron saint of television let me just go back here. I'll show you. Um, so you, you actually, there are statues, too, that you can buy. They're, they're glow-in-the-dark statues that you can put on top of your TV, and they're the patron saint of television. I'm not kidding you. I believe you now. So, um, hold on. Let me just find it. It's, 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 very, it's very answerable here in this uh, little... Mm-hmm. Same thing, but she's what she basically the bottom line is St. Clair was laying in bed convalescing and she saw a um, she was designated um, by uh, the Pope at the time as the patron saint of television. And the reason why she became the patron saint of television. Uh, is because she was uh, seeing a uh, a view, a vision um, on the wall, and so uh, Pope Pius the Twelfth designated her the patron saint of television in 1958 because when she was too ill to attend mass, she'd been able to see and hear the mass on the wall of her room. And that's her miracle. That's her, that's her eligibility factor for canonization. Well, one of them. One she of had a them. bunch of different ones. She saw lots of stuff. She, she also uh, is the patron saint of the clicker because she managed to Stop. actually Stop it. Uh, click, no. change the channel. Yeah, no. yeah. So. so she went to the Catholic yeah. mass, and then she went to the synagogue. Then she went to a, a megachurch. What? Nothing. I'm telling. <laughs> okay, that's the problem. Is I, I had to I had to juice it up too much. You went I? too far. You had me. You should have juxtaposed back, but you went. Too far. But really, no. But but she but she really did see a uh, a vision uh, of mass and hear it also on the wall of her room. Oh, she had sound. Yeah. Yeah, it was nineteen, uh, and it and it was it was yeah. She had sound. Hmm. Basically, you know what's kind of crazy is that she invented television like in her mind yeah. before it was invented. Because this this was this was um, twelve fifty five, dude. Pope Alexander the yeah, Fourth right. was the one who that's, canonized her. That's. And, and and so sh- that that was the story about how she was there laying down convalescing, and she was the first one to have a television on her wall ever in her mind. Yeah, that's why she's the patron saint of television. Wow, I'm not kidding. You, this dude. is Catholic chat with. Yeah. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I'm just saying you didn't believe me. 
I'm going to question what convalescing in this context is. I may have convalesced a couple times when I was in my teens with my buddies at Grateful Deads, and you know, I'm not sure what convalescing means, but uh, um, hallucinating maybe. No, be? convalescing is really is really a, um, mm-hmm. yeah. a a word where she was recovering Chilling from. Out. She was too ill mm-hmm. to attend mass, and she's like, anyway. How do we get to that? Oh, because you were actually St. Francis of Assisi. I'm sorry. From Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road. Which people love that song, by the way. Yeah. That, that was a very nice one to pick. It's actually pretty good. And Arlo Guthrie's voice oh, is I don't think it's Arlo. Great. I got a text. Was it? I don't think so. Jerry Jerry something? Jerry uh, Lewis? Jerry Reed. Oh, and that's how... There was not, that was not Jerry no. Reed. I may have read that wrong. No, you, you definitely <laughs> read it wrong. <laughs> well, oh no. Eastbound and down. Wait. The guy that did the... He's the same. No, I get it now. <laughs> Eight up radio with Phil. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Hunger. Dude, I was doing the bong hit earlier, so you did a good. I'm, I'm was, just having you join in. Ice cubes, bro. It's a new thing. All right. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you, Discovery Design, for this beautiful studio and Gaslight, too, for that matter. Woo! Have a good one, people. <laughs>